If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey, everybody. Hello. What's going on? Hello. Well, look at this. I just see this explosion of... What the heck? I turned that explosion off. Why did that explosion happen? It was not supposed to be happening. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It is so good to be back. Rado, how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm fine. It's good to have you back. I guess that explosion, which uh, was an experiment I was doing yesterday, was a welcome back. A little bit of some Rado fireworks, I suppose. Because when I turned those off. Um, Very nice to see you. How are Um, you doing? Are you feeling better? I'm sure everybody wants to know. Yeah, I am feeling better. Thank you. And I see a lot of people in chat here asking. I appreciate that, folks. Yes, I'm doing better. I had uh, I have ongoing health issues that I'm dealing with, but I am on the mend. I'm much better, and I'm so happy to be here because I haven't talked to you in like weeks now. I mean, we've you know we've done the email thing, but we haven't actually like chatted um, in, in person here. Well, in virtual person uh, uh, for a while now, so this is nice. And oh my gosh, I just see a ton of emotes on the this side is, of the This is <laughs> so I was messing around with stream elements, which is a, another like overlay thing you can do. And I just wanted to have a thing that if somebody did an emote in the chat, it would just be like a nice little thing. But it also has these other elements that like every time somebody follows or every time somebody, you know, does a gift, it can do these fireworky explosion things. I could have sworn I turned them off, but no, uh, they okay. Oh, okay, they seem to be stopping I now. <laughs> I might have to go find a way because I thought I turned them off. But okay. um, and as slivers can see, yeah, every time just somebody does smiley faces or hearts or whatever in the chat, they just pop yeah. down on the right side of the screen. They float. I just thought that was kind of a nice little thing to add a little bit more yeah. uh, life and color to the proceedings. And yeah. I thought I turned off all of those explosions. But okay, so you are not in front of your wall of games. Something is That's wrong. Right. I, Where yes. are you? Uh, I am a first. This is uh, the second time I'm on the road during the R&R shows. A couple yes. of months ago, we did one remote from uh, Florida when I was on Florida with the Dice Tower. Uh, Tom Vassell, I uh, want to thank him again for having me over there. But this time, I am in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. So I am in my Airbnb, um, decided to, you know, right after the holiday here, come out here and just hang out, uh, see some family. And, um, you, you know, you don't see any games behind me, but um, <laughs> confession, I brought a big old bag of games. And last night, um, I hung out with my nephew and nieces, and Michelle was there as well. We played um, Tattoo Stories, a fun little party uh, drawing game, and we also played Ship Shape, which is a wonderful, puzzly 20-minute game. I think it's so underrated. Um, so I'm still gaming, folks. It's just I'm in a different location right now. Right. Okay. Uh, that is good to hear. I mean, you look like you're in a hotel room. Is that the case? Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, yeah, it's just we rented an Airbnb um, oh, okay. house, an entire house. Uh, so uh, this is um, the room that Michelle and I are staying in. And I just, I mean, the bed is on this side. You can't see the bed, but I'm like uh, against this wall. And they, they set it up sort of like a hotel. What is so, the uh, picture behind you that you framed um, your head with? I, I have no idea what this thing is. It's... Uh, Honestly, I, I don't know. It's colorful. Yeah. Whatever it's it was. Colorful. That, that's right. what it is. 
Yes. <laughs> okay. So, oh, I see. You think so the theme is in the house? I, I mean, I know I missed a bunch of stuff. I, I apparently I missed that we hit an RVR episode. Yes, we did. God. Yes, awesome. we did. Um, yeah, just a couple days ago when I did my preliminary top ten of the year, there was a a lot of holiday cheer, a lot of gift giving, and so we have to figure out. I don't think we're gonna have time to do it this year, but in January we're gonna do another RVR. I have no idea what to do. I'm certainly open yeah. to suggestions. Would like to once again have it be something the audience can um, you know be involved with as well. But that's always yeah. kind of tough. And also, I would like it to be something that I have to cover anyway so I can get two birds with one stone, um, right. you know, which is always right. important. But we'll worry about that another day. So, Thinker Themer yeah. is here, as is Kabuki Kid and Duchess and Ruckus and Goblin. And I, I saw earlier a few first-time chatters. Um, uh, Salamandabot. And welcome, yes. Solomon Abbott, and New Order Board, and uh, Party On Dude, also all first-timers. That's very exciting. And, uh, uh, and, and Chico, another first-time chatter. Very, very yeah. nice. Um, yeah, Salamandabot Sal- Sal- was actually talking about how they their baby right now is sleeping, so they're like rage cleaning, according to Salamandabot, <laughs> while they're listening to the show. So thank you for joining us, friend. Appreciate that. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Um, uh, one thing, uh, of course, your audio is going to be a, a little not quite as beautiful and, and you know, bassy and, and just wonderful sounding because yeah. you're on the road, you're using your laptop. But uh, yeah. let's just do an audio check. Um, hey, this is me talking for a little bit, and then Ruel's going to talk for a little bit, and then the audience is going to tell us if we're relatively even. Yeah, let us know, folks. So here I am talking again. I'm not using my fancy mic. I'm using the uh, earbuds, and I've got my laptop because I'm on the road. But hopefully the audio is okay. Just let us know in chat if uh, we sound all right, the levels and all, all that good stuff. Yeah. Ruel uh, is a little bit lower, says Paulo. Lower. All right. Okay. Then Ruel will go yeah, up a little bit. That's pretty balanced, though. Kabuki yeah. says the audio seems suitable. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Well, okay. I can confirm through personal experience, Paulo is incredibly picky. Incredible. Okay. He is the pickiest person. That's why he does all my goof checking. Uh, right. why, yeah, he's the expert. Yep. All right. Go- I, I adjusted a bit. Goblin says that's better. So, okay. All right. Uh, Yoda, another first time chatter. Yoda came out from uh, the swamps of Dagobah to let us know that uh, Ruel was a little bit quieter. Um, yes. Post you will, Yoda. Well done. <laughs> Yoda, do or do not, my friend. Yes, well done. There, there is. Uh, shout out to my friend Daryl Gaming. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good to see you here, Daryl. Uh, Ruckus as well. Goofy. Oh, all kinds of people. Uh, always nice to see y'all here. Appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so we have okay. unfinished cool. business from two weeks ago. Yeah. There were several things that people had used their channel points to request. So let me go ahead and pull up the list and see if we... So we still have one more RN argument that was requested uh, by, uh, by, by Head of Metal. And if anybody in the audience can think of something that would be an interesting argument that they think Ruel and I might disagree with, please make a suggestion. We were th- Before starting, we were trying to come up with something. We just... We agree too much. I had no, no. idea this was going to be the hardest thing in the world yeah. to do. Is there some it, it, game that everybody hates that you really love that I might have played uh, or vice gosh. versa? I, I just well, don't know. I like this. I'll go, um, uh, let's go old school. Yahtzee. I am still a fan of Yahtzee. Yahtzee That's is fantastic. Original... Oh, well, there goes that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yahtzee yeah. is an incredible... You know, Yahtzee is interesting because, you know, I mean, so many of those old classic games, you go back and play them now and you're like, Ugh. Yahtzee totally yeah. holds up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why um, every year we get at least three or four Yahtzee clones coming out, because just Yahtzee yeah. nailed it, whoever whoever uh, designed that right from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, folks, we, we went, right before we went live, we were talking about, let's uh, talk about an argument, and I was hoping oh. 
beyond hope that it would be Hawkeye. Because if you were on the show a couple of weeks ago, I sort of talked about my, not disdain, but just I, I'm not the biggest fan of Hawkeye. And then, you know, but we started talking about the series that was coming up, and I ended up watching it. Uh, spoiler I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. It's so we're not going to argue about Hawkeye. Yeah, it was. I, 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 mean, I could I, pretend I, I hated it, thing. I suppose, and do a fake argument, do a uh, yeah, you know, intellectual yeah. exercise. But no, I loved it too much. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so Let's good. See. And I, and I hope you would agree it justified everything I said about Hawkeye, about wh- what, you know, an, an important pivotal character he is and how... I mean, everybody ignores the fact. Hawkeye is basically the Batman of the Marvel MCU. And everybody says, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. Batman just goes toe-to-toe with... Surrounded by gods, and yet he's one of the... And Hawkeye's yeah. the same thing. He's a... Yeah. What, what did they say in the show? Or, um, you know, he's a guy with a stick and a string taking on gods. Stick and string. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. Um, yeah he, I, I love him. Okay, okay, so I, people yeah, are making suggestions that's... for fights. Yeah, let's um, see. Let's see here. Um, Colorizing movies? I'm against it. Yeah. I mean, are you? Yeah. I, 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 the last time I gave any thought to it, I was against it. But at the time, yeah. it was really crappy. I bet yeah. you it's really good now. That's true. Like, I haven't seen anything colorized. Okay, so my my first and last time experience a colorized movie was... Way back in the day, I saw a colorized version of Casablanca, which mm-hmm. was awful. Yeah, yeah, because the tech was not ready. So, but these the days, totally not ready. I mean, yeah. you look at those colorized images of like you know Depression era, um, you know photos or you know photos from Victorian era London. I mean, those are amazing. Yeah. I mean, they're they're so lifelike. So mm-hmm. I could argue in favor that I would be pro if it's done with today's tech. Would you still be anti? We could argue that then. Um, yeah, we, let's argue about that. I'm going to say anti as far as. I think the artistic vision of when like a movie was made using that technology that was available to them, that's the way it should remain. Okay, we um, have an R and argument on our hands. Let me go yes. on ahead and declare that openly. Control S. Mm-hmm. It's R and argument. Head of metal. It's finally happening. Okay. Go. Repeat you that. Go, you think colorized movies are no bueno because. Yes, because um it is when the artist, the director, and whoever made the movie at that time, it is, and I just saw this, I want to shout out uh, Kabuki Kid. They said, the movie should be a snapshot in time. So if you made it in the 30s, so Citizen Kane or whatever, you know, movie, um, whenever that came out, that is a snapshot in time. The technology that they had at that time, that's what they used, and they created this vision, and um, we, should, we should respect that. We should adhere to that. Because here it is, Rado. It's like when George Lucas went back and started messing around with the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. There was no need, and he ruined the stuff. Like, Han shot first. That's mm-hmm. all I got to say. Mm-hmm. Han shot first. All right. Here's the deal. And here's, um, I would disagree. Oh, no. Okay. I, I would disagree with your fundamental premise uh, because okay. I don't think colorizing movies has to implicitly be showing a lack of respect to the original artistic intention. Because colorizing movie does not suddenly eliminate all previous versions of the movie that have existed throughout time and space. I think it's perfectly reasonable with, and as we said right before we started this argument, with today's technology, which honestly, I don't know if anybody's done this. I mean, colorization uh, is so amazing now. Um, you know, I mean, it can be AI driven. It can be, um, you know, it can be done much better than those really terrible, oh, everybody has orange skin when you saw the Casablanca colorization and all that stuff. Putting aside the fact that it, at one point it was awful, considering the fact that it can now be good, that you would not be able to tell um, if it was... Uh, you know, if it was originally filmed that way or not, I think it's a worthy endeavor because it will bring 
um, that snapshot of the past you're talking about into more people's lives. Because so many people, I would even go so far as to say the vast majority of moviegoers, oh, black and white, I'm a pass. I'm going to skip it. Citizen, whatever, who cares? It's in black and white. It looks really old. I don't care about it. And anything that can bring these classics into more people's homes, into, um, you know, so we can appreciate what has come before, because I think the vast majority of audiences will ignore it. And the important thing is that I do, obviously, cinematographers and directors were making artistic choices within their medium. I totally get that. You know, the use of light and shadow in black and white is very different than in color. And by colorizing it, you are changing that authorial intent, um, which is why the original still needs to exist. I would suspect the ideal thing to have one's cake and eat it too is, hey, we're going to go back, we're going to, you know, I mean, all the old prints of uh, Citizen Kane or Casablanca or whatever are, you know, I mean, we're going to do those, you know, just clean it up. So it looks pristine, like the day that it was originally shown, without all the scratches or the archives and all that stuff. I mean, I assume you don't have a problem with film restoration, just trying to restore them to their original quality, and you'll fight the ravages of time. I'm okay with that. Again, it's restoring it to its original, what it was originally intended to be. So... Just by introducing that color element, that's something totally different. That was I not agree. available. It is to bringing that was not available. Yep, yep, yep. yep. It is, and time. it is bringing a new generation of artists to the mix. Um, and so I think while you're in the process of restoring those old classics, hey, let's now also colorize them again so that both are available. Um, you know, Blu-rays have enough space to be able to put both the black and white and the color on them. Streaming services can stream either way, so they are both available. And to me, I would suspect, not having ever done it before, that the act of colorization, as I just said, is an artistic endeavor too. And I am sure, Ruel, that you are not opposed to new artists, future generations of artists, working on taking inspiration from and, you know, enhancing or you know, revisiting works from the past. As long as I, I would agree that if these things replaced them, it would be terrible. But there's no reason that you cannot have your cake and eat it too in beautiful Technicolor all, while also enjoying it in, um, you know, that black and white. I mean, I, I agree that at the end of the day, um, you know, Seven Samurai, it was every frame of Seven Samurai, you can pause Almost every frame of that movie, you can pause and hang it on the wall. And if you made it color, I don't think that would be the case. This is something I often notice from old black and white movies. Mm -hmm. There's, 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 uh, you know, there's, there's something to them that just makes them more artistic. That makes them more engaging um, because it's more about the comp. The color is stripped out, so you just focus more on the composition. You focus on the subject matter. But um, and so I would not want to get up that. But I would want more people to watch Seven Samurai. And the vast majority of people will simply refuse to do it. And a movie that they otherwise might very much enjoy if it were available as a streaming option. Um, you know, in the same way, uh, you know what? Hey, you're at Ruel. Guess what? Um, 50 years ago, nobody could put subtitles on the screen. Are you against subtitles on the screen? Because that was not part of the original vision, was it? It's instead something we can do now with technology that opens the movie up to more people. Counter that one, pal. I just came I up like with on that. the spot. That, that, that is well stated. Well stated. <laughs> now, but you did say, now let's take the Kurosawa example. Yes. Again, all these great samurai films, Seven Samurai being yeah. the, the, the cream of the crop. You know, when he filmed that, when Kurosawa was creating that film, 
color was not involved. Oh, there was no color option. Like you said, just the way he filmed it with the shadows and everything, you know, he's making conscious choices Mm -hmm. to put things on the screen. Mm -hmm. And by us coming back and filling in, colorizing it, we're ruining his original vision. So does that mean, does that that mean that only Steve Ditko should have been the only person ever to draw a picture of Spider-Man in a comic book? I don't think so. I think other artists... I mean, Steve Ditko is incredibly mm-hmm. important, incredibly influential. I mean, yes. he did the first 50 episodes or whatever it was, designed that outfit. John Ramada uh, Sr. and then John Ramada Jr. as artists yes. put their own stamp on the design of Spider-Man while still being true and respectful to Ditko. I would argue that modern artists can do the same thing, that they can use color to as an artistic expression of their interpretation of a Kurosawa film to not just approach okay. it, you know, I mean, to, to approach it as artists, using color to enhance and accentuate the story in the same way that um, the Ramadas revisited Ditko's designs. I, I think that's... Yeah. Okay. I, I don't find that to be okay. disrespectful. And because, again... Ramada drawing uh, Spider-Man does not invalidate or in any way eliminate or lessen Ditko. And uh, as again, if I go on, I don't know what where 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 does uh so where's Seven Samurai stream? It must stream someplace. If uh, HBO Max. Okay, let's say it's HBO Max. Here's what I would like to see. Um, that you know, as part of a lavish re uh, you know a, a reproduction or you know cleaning up. Uh, you know, a re- restoration, that's the word, restoration of Seven Samurai on HBO Max, and they're making a big deal out of it. And you're like, oh, you know, right on the screen, I can choose to watch it in color, black and white. If I choose the color, it will, I mean, I, all I want is a screen up front saying, here's, just so you know what you're missing by watching it in color, here is what Akira, uh, you know, Akira Kurosawa, one of the greatest designers of all time, was able to do. I think this is an opportunity to inform and educate people. No, I'm still going to watch it in color, but now that you've put that in my mind that, oh, well, the, the interplay of light and shadow, I mean, just show a couple of still frames, um, you know, as part of the education process makes people say, well, okay, I still need to watch it in color because my little brother is not going to watch it unless we watch it in color. But now I'd like to go yeah. back and watch it in black and white too because, oh my God, that was an amazing film and now I want to see it the way it is. I see nothing but upside. You haven't actually, you've told me, the only downside you've mentioned is that it's disrespectful. And I think I've countered that because it would be disrespectful if it was just crash and commercial. If it's actual artists yeah. using their own skills to put their own take, the same way comic books do, the same way this happens in... I mean, I mean, are you saying that the um, Bananarama should have never done a cover of uh, Venus? I don't think so. I think it was perfectly fine that Bananarama gave us that 80s classic that is so amazing. <laughs> Um, how did we go from Kurosawa to Bananarama? All the same to me. I'll mention this. So we're we're talking. I you know I I feel I still feel like, and I will argue this to to the day I die that by again I see where you're coming from with the Steve Ditko thing. But the thing is, Steve get to go. That was Steve Ditko's Spider Man. Then you got John Romano's Spider Man. Then you got John Burns, and then and so forth. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, by Michael Madness and so forth like that. Those are all the different uh, visions of this character, right? So you can, uh, I can argue that, you know, that Steve Ditko, that's been untouched. That is still Steve Ditko's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we have different um, versions of the Spider-Man, just like Kurosawa. We have Seven Samurai. If you don't like that black and white, 
check out the Magnificent Seven. That's a colorized, westernized <laughs> oh, cowboy a, yeah, movie. Um, yeah, yeah, right? That's and true. same thing with, um, uh, uh, I think, uh, Yojimbo was uh, uh, create, uh, ma- remade into A Fistful of Dollars with Clint yep. Eastwood. So sure. you, can, you can still have the original. Or Hidden Fortress was turned into Star Wars. Yay! Exactly. Hidden <laughs> Fortress, Star Wars. Exactly. And so here it is. You have George Lucas and you know, they're, they're influenced, obviously, by yep. the great Kurosawa. Why do we have to mess with the original? If it ain't broke, uh, again, why you have not told me why the the original um remastered beautify or you know cleaned up edition cannot coexist alongside the color is your argument that the existence of color will somehow invalidate the original ex- uh, i don't see how or why that would be the case yeah no okay here it is i i don't see it invalidating it i just uh, here here's what it comes down to and it's a, it's a weak argument i understand that what's the point like i i understand yeah we want to broaden the audience and stuff like I always, uh, and this is, I just feel like we need to change audience expectations. Like, why, uh, you know, it's the whole black and white thing. Like, I didn't like black and white movies when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. but then I took a a course in college on film studies, and all of a sudden I watched Casablanca, Citizen Kane, Mm -hmm. uh, Seven Samurai. All of a sudden I was like, I love black and white film. How can we re-educate the public, the, 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 you know, the the broad public, uh, the the general public? How can we re-educate them into thinking, hey, black and white films are A-OK? I would suggest this would be the process to do that. Because short of this, the public will, the public by and large, will never accept black and white as their primary because to the public by and large they do not appreciate the artistry they do not appreciate the choices yeah. that are made the, all they do is they look at it and see something that is primitive why would i yeah. watch that when i could watch something in color why would i watch something in mono when i can watch in stereo why would i watch in stereo if i could watch in yeah. atmos 7.1 why go back this is yeah. a way yeah. to open up and you're right that's a good i really like the uh, you know the uh the spaghetti westerns and all of that. That's the John Ford stuff as a, as a way to do it. But that is still sidestepping. Um, that is yeah. taking that work and doing something completely new and different as opposed to, I mean, by and large, the Ramitas did not reinvent Spider-Man. They just put their own stamp on it. Um, right. I, I think... I think it could work. I think it's the only way to broaden appreciation for the beautiful artistry of black and white. I don't do it to try to eliminate it. Um, I mean, uh, Kabuki Kid mentioned in the chat, the problem when Ted Turner was doing this was he would only broadcast uh, the colorized versions. And that is an example of how these could eliminate... We yes. don't live in the 80s anymore. HBO Max would give you the option, the same way I have the option to turn on or off subtitles. The same way I have the option on HBO Max to put it in Letterbox or 4x3. I, technology allows the audience to become not just a passive, uh, what do you call it, uh, consumer, but an active uh decider in how this art should be appreciated and if we can make something that makes more people appreciate Casablanca to me that's a win that elevates society as a whole and that is worth it that's my argument that sounds that sounds good I, I think that's a, a good place to end there because... all right well cool then I'm gonna throw up a yeah. poll who won Rado Pro Color yeah, Ruel Pro Black I, and White go you have three minutes people to vote yes if I, if I put that up correctly. Uh, vote, folks. Um, and I think, can you can they use uh, channel points to influence the poll? Is that still I available? Think that I think, I didn't look. I just pushed it and go. I think they can use points if they want to. Um, okay. Let's see. So they've got three minutes to vote on that. that whoever suggested that, um, that was excellent. I honestly, because uh, I'll be honest too. What, I mean, if, if you would approach me, I would say, no, of course not. That's horrible. Yeah. 
Don't yeah. how, how dare you? How dare you spit on the memory <laughs> of, of of Frank Capra by suggesting yeah. a colorized version of you know blah blah blah? Uh, it's um, a wonderful life. So I, yeah. I had to. Yeah. Pre- I pretty much made up as I went, but I pretty much yeah, convinced myself. Great. I have to say, yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, Kabuki Kid, no, yeah, Kabuki Kid was very. Every time I would say something, she would counter me in the. Uh, and I'm like, Kabuki, if you want this argument, you can come on. I mean, you can come on with yeah. audio and uh, and Absolutely. make your piece heard. But uh, oh my gosh, you were winning, but it's neck and neck on the voting here. Ah, I'm really okay. surprised. Now, I guess Kabuki I did an okay Kid job. Let's bring up a great point about the Star Wars thing. So Star Wars, the special edition, the stuff that Lucas Ooh. added in later is super annoying, but. It wouldn't be as bad as if they had just give us the original cut, which uh, they have not exactly. released the original cut. I mean, yeah. you know, so. I, I honestly that was. I mean, I, I appreciate why you brought it up. I was just not going to yeah. bother with that because all that was was an yeah. example of how to do it terribly. Um, yeah, it's, and it didn't have to. Day, be. Honestly, yeah. uh, have you ever watched any of the remastered and uh, updated Star Trek: The Original Series episodes? I'm not. No. No. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm sure you know. Uh, I don't know. Ten years ago now, it must have almost been. They uh, they went back to all three seasons of the original series, cleaned them all up so they look exactly as good as they did in HD. Uh, you know, so they did a really great job. But they also um, replaced all the original special effects with um, CGI. But the interesting thing is, it is okay. CGI specifically designed to look like this is what they would have done if they had had the CGI power in the sixties. Huh. So they don't make it at all look like it still looks like classic Trek. It doesn't look out of place. It's still, I mean, you know, the the, the Enterprise okay. hasn't changed at all. It hasn't gotten fancier. They didn't do lots of, you know, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I've always thought that was actually the, very the impressive. Is still and he's still like slow moving and everything. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so, okay. it, so the 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 changes they mostly they changed the establishing shots of oh the ship flying around a planet, you know, all that stuff. They just okay. made those still look like they came from the show of the time, but that they don't look like garbage with, you know, really terrible, um, you know, rotoscoping and, and terrible green yeah. screening because they just look terrible now um, because the rest of the show looked so beautiful, but that the special effects looked like looked absolutely horrible by comparison. They could clean them up, but they just were so primitive. They say, well, hey, let's capture the spirit. And these were, again, artistic decisions that were made to with mm-hmm. a new um, era of artists. Oh my God! Yeah. I won by 50, fifty-two to forty-eight percent, seventy-nine to seventy-four voters. Wow. wow! I did not expect that. Quite frankly, first call, <laughs> GG. <laughs> so, uh, just going back to the Star Trek thing, is this what's streaming available right now? Yes. Like when you and I it? would suggest that that is unfortunate. That I there must be a way to be able to see the untouched versions, but I don't know what that uh, is. I mean, obviously the untouched okay. versions exist in DVD compilations and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, right. But uh, I would agree that that is a mistake. That you should. I, I, I for a while they were on Netflix. They were on Netflix uh, for years, actually. I bet you they're. I mean, because. What is it? Um, not Columbia Plus. Is it Columbia Plus? Oh, uh, Par- Paramount, yeah, Paramount thank you. Plus. I bet you anything. They yeah, probably yeah. have all moved over to Paramount Plus now. Yeah. And I mean, if the original was, untouched are available, I then actually it's won, I actually won the vote. Hmm? No, I, I actually won the argument. It says, <laughs> well, pro be black and white. Thank Hold you, Hold on a second. Yeah. Did I misread it? Yeah. It says uh, everyone's in chat. We all won the vote. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what to say. All I did is, I, you know, I, I had a thing. I clicked it, and I, I told you the numbers it said. Yeah, it's said, but then I, I it popped up on my screen and said Ruel won like seventy nine percent or whatever. Okay, well, honestly, I was shocked. That made no sense to me. I had no expectation of winning that. Um, although I think 
even people who voted against me would agree I put up a pretty good fight. You know, you put up a wonderful fight. Uh, also, I do want to thank those. Uh, someone had dropped a bunch of gift subs. Thank you for all the gifts, friends. I really appreciate it. Um, who was I? We got a shout. Oh yes, yeah. I'm sorry, we got so wrapped up. Things happened yeah. in our in our in our absence. Yeah, uh, Fidelia. Thank you so much for all those gift subs. Nice. Five, gift subs. Thanks five for lucky Very people. Kind of you. Yeah, five yes. lucky people can now watch without ads. They can um, have little avatars walking around on the bottom of the screen. And folks, did you know that if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you too um, can get those perks. No ads, avatars walking around, and all the rest of it uh, for free. Because you can use your Amazon Prime account to subscribe to the channel for free, which is normally $4.99. Uh, and that's yeah. a, we'll try not to push it, but we're supposed to. As Twitchers, we are obligated to push that. Uh, because <laughs> otherwise, we're just leaving money on the table. But Fidel, Thank you so much for spreading the love. Let's see what else yeah. came up during all of that crazy silliness. We got a bunch of new followers as well. Thank you to all the new followers. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us today. Um, if you notice there, the bonus top 10 has been unlocked. So, Rada, you've got a top 10 to do because you, we've reached over a thousand. Oh, did we? We've hit oh, it. Oh, my gosh. We've yeah, hit we it. hit it. All right. All right. Uh, I also see that uh, Meeple's... And Mocktails requested the supersize avatar. So there you go. Oh. If I if I can remember how to do the command correctly, I believe. Um, let's see. Do we have a supersize? Or did I do it wrong? Ah, or, or, let's see. No, it's scale. It's not size. It's scale. And Meeples, that's something that you, only you can do, right? Uh, yeah, Before only. Uh, yeah, Meeple and Mocktails. One point. Uh, what, what the heck? Let's give you a one point eight. And I apparently I can I have. I can put I can put in seconds. We didn't realize this last time we tried it. I'm setting it for six thousand seconds, which should oh, wow. be more than enough time. And nice. let's see, did I do this right? I can't. Oh, I'm looking at super tiny little windows. I can't see anything that's going on. Nope, still yeah. not there. Well, while you're doing that, I want to shout out uh, Matthew Egan. Thank you for subscribing with Prime. Uh, as we just mentioned, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you get one free sub per month, folks, uh, here on Twitch. So thank you, Matthew, for using it here on the channel. Much appreciated. And let's right. see if we can get that. Um, right, I'm going to keep playing that. You chat with people. I got to. I got to do All some right. tech support. Uh, Clyde Man's here. Hi, Clyde Man. Good to see you here. It's it's nice to be back, folks. I I, I did. I, I truly do uh, miss hanging out every week here uh, with y'all and Rado and talking games and stuff. Uh, yes, uh, now's got there is an extra top ten that has been unlocked. We'll uh, announce that um, as we go on here. Yes, that's not going to um, happen right now. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Maybe we I just can't see. Zen Bananas, like, hi, Zen. Thanks for joining us. Good to see you here. Um, let's see. Uh, six votes for take a position rep uh, replacing our, an argument segment. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, yeah, thanks again for everyone who voted. That was a, a fun little argument. And we are getting close to Hype Train, folks. If you don't know what a Hype Train is, here on Twitch, when people start gifting subs, spending bits, those are yes. the little cheers that you do. Yes. Uh, we get close to Hype Train, and the Hype Train, uh, it launches, and then you can earn extra emotes through the Hype Train. Uh, if we reach certain levels, you'll get certain um, uh, emotes, which are a lot of fun. Uh, those get unlocked if we get the Hype Train in on board. And that's through uh, subs, either you, you subscribing or you gifting subs or spending bits, which is like cheers. Um, you can Laz see- Laz was uh, just done. Thank you uh, very much uh, for, for the bits. Hype Train is incoming. Thank you so much. Appreciate Slippers. that. All aboard, folks. We are on the Hype Train. Oh, let's, the Hype uh, Train has begun. What... Here we yes. go. Chugga, 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 chugga. Get them hyped. Um, yeah, let's get hyped, folks. Let's see uh, what level we can go. Now, we've done level fives before. Level five is the ultimate. You know, we have one through five. We've done five before. We are on level one right now. Thank you again for all your support, folks. Much appreciated. 
Um, so they did scale, you did scale up the our little avatar. Right? Okay, I, I, I have I have scanned the scene. I don't see meeples and mocktails anywhere in the crowd. I think that's why it's not working. Maybe they uh, they get booted out, or maybe I don't know. Maybe. Meeples and mocktails. If you are with us, say hey, mm-hmm. um, because I I want to make you big. I figured out how to do it. I made it. To, I did it to myself. Let's mm-hmm. see. What oh, else Silver's is going on? For the hype. Yes, hype. So the, uh, folks, if you see in chat, someone just uh, cheered 100 bits, and that's to get the hype train rolling. Uh, appreciate that. Zen Banana Slug, subscribe with Prime. Thank you, Zen Banana Slug. Uh, let's see. Goblins here. Hello, Goblin. Uh, Muse. Good to see you, Muse. And yeah. Kabuki Kid, talking about talking to Slivers. Hey, y- y'all, y'all chat amongst yourself. That's always a good thing. Uh, Steph is in the house. Hi, Steph. Hey, y'all. Uh, we should clip that. Um, Rob saying, "I want to make you big." <laughs> it's like that movie, Big, right? Tom Hanks. I want to be big. <laughs> oh, hey, um, I see that Ruel actually highlighted his message. I was just scrolling back, so I'll put it on screen. Hey. He wants us to discuss the video from Eric Martin about how he puts away his games. Did we see that? I didn't see that. Is that just something that went up today, Paulo? I, I did not see that. Yep. Uh, tell us more, Paulo, and uh, I'll find. And in the meantime. Uh, Let's see. Thanks you, Slivers, for the bits. And thank you, um, Zen Banana Slug, for subscribing. Hooray! And Matthew Egan for subscribing. And Yoda! Subscribe, you must. You And you yeah. subscribe, you have. There is no try. There is only subscribe. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Subscribe or not subscribe. There is no subscribe. Yep. Just subscribe. All right, I got to catch up. I, things, have, I, things have been going crazy here. I am yeah. out of control. We have almost 100 viewers. It gets... Oh, wait. Okay, Meeples and Mocktails wow. is here. I'm going to try one more time, Meeple. This will okay. work. S-E-A-L-E, Meeples and Mocktails 2. Mm-hmm. Why won't gonna, you... Uh, Meeple and Mocktails, gonna... do you actually see yourself in the crowd? Because... Yeah, I don't see that. Oh, wait. Meeples and Mocktails, are you a subscriber? Because if you are not, uh-huh. you, that's the problem. You have no yep. avatar, Meeple. Meeple and Mocktails, if you subscribe for the low, low price of $4.99, or for free if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you will appear, and then you'll walk around. So, Meeple and Mocktail, if you ever decide to describe in the future, ping me, let me know, and you will get blowed up real big. That explains it. I will need to put a warning in when people try to get their their avatar supersized. Remember, this only works for subscribers. Mystery solved. Hey, we have a lot of other stuff to do. I, I can say we have knocked that mar- argument off. Do you mm-hmm. want to do a Trivial Pursuit? Yeah, let's do Trivial Pursuit. Okay. Why not? We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, we haven't uh, done anything for a while because somebody yeah. um, was MIA. All right, Nazgoth uh, requested MIA, this. Let me find the big wheel, spin wheel. And I forget who suggested it, but it was a brilliant idea to basically make the... Uh, oops, there we go. Hey man, thanks for the subscription. Yes, we are. We've completed level one hype train. We're still going though, folks. Oh my goodness, it's just, it can't stop. Yeah. So you will notice stop, because stop. I kept having to do all the trivia. I have one fewer on the wheel now. So uh, okay. if it happens to me again, <laughs> I will take myself off the wheel even further until Ruel eventually has to tell us something about himself. Yeah. So let's spin. Okay. Here we go. Here we go, folks. Um. So now let's see. Everyone, party on, dudes. Thank you for the subscription. Oh, Ruel dodges nice. a bullet. Did I dodge a bullet again? Yeah, I mean, uh, we have some general oh. trivia. So, okay. um, let, me, let me. Do you have any trivia you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, uh no. Um, I mean, I can do one about me. Okay. Well, no, no, no. They they got to spin for it. 
got to spin for it. Okay. Yep, they did not get it. So trivia. I'm doing a Google search for interesting trivia. And okay. from the website, 50 random pieces of trivia that will impress your friends. Are you ready to be impressed? Is that an actual site? Yes. Well, it's a page wow. anyway. Okay. Well, uh, I'm impressed by the name. So, yeah, let's see what they got. I'm. Oh, it's, it's one of those pages that does nothing but just throw you a bunch of ads. There's no <laughs> trivia here. Ah, uh, it was a trick. All righty. Then let's go to 125 interesting facts. We'll be the judge of that. Facts you'll want to share with people. Um, Let's see. That's not interesting. Everybody knows that. That's kind of okay. Okay. What is the... Let me turn off the wheel. Sorry. What is the world's smallest mammal? This is adorable. Well, smallest mammal. Anybody in the audience, can you guess before we say? And no Googling, folks. Off the yeah, yeah, yeah. Only. I, that's, wow, what is a small mammal? Well, first of all, uh, uh, I'll give you a hint. It has, uh, what is the um, most adorable name for a mammal in the world? Is uh, also. Oh. oh, my gosh. Yeah, my first, uh, my first uh, thought was going to be like a bat, but that's not, that's not adorable. Uh, go on. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting that you went bat. to a bat. Yeah. Because the answer is the bumblebee bat. Oh, the bumblebee bat. That is adorable. What is I don't know if it's adorable. I, there's not a picture of it in this, adorable, uh, this thing. Yeah. But, I mean, what is it? Weighing um, from uh, uh, 0.5 to 0.7 ounces, you know, less okay. than a half of an ounce, a head-to-body length of of 1.1 inches, and a, a wingspan of up to f- up to 5.7 inches. The bumblebee bat, also known as Kitty's hognose bat, is the smallest mammal in the world, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. To see this tiny bat for yourself, you have to visit one of a select few limestone caves in the Kawinoi River in the uh, uh, the Kanchanaburi province of southwest Thailand. Here wow. are more of war, of the world. Oh, and then there's like some more stuff about other tiny creatures. Wait, how big was it again? What was the measurement? It on the says um, uh, a head to body weight of 1.1 to 1.29 inches. Wow, that is dinky. That is a tiny is... little thing that's got to fit a little tiny wow. brain and a heart and lungs and reproductive wow. organs and everything into that tiny little. And it's got wings, cute little five inch wings. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go what search for my picture every of it, day, uh, folks. Um, Bumblebee bat. I want a picture. Anybody? I'm not going to share that. Oh, yeah, there's pictures of people of having them on their fingers and and them like wrapping themselves like they're hugging people's fingers and stuff like that. Adorable. Uh, Until you get really close, at which point, oh, the face, the face. uh, It it has a face for radio. (laughs) Um, Okay. Like all that. (laughs) Face for radio. I love it. Okay. So, nice. oh, I see um, okay. uh, FemSensi actually posted a Google link. So if anybody wants to check them out, there's a, uh, a link in the chat. Um, that's right. Oh. And if anybody would like you, they can sing the Bumblebee Tuna song while checking out the Bumblebee Bat. All right. <laughs> Trivia is done. And right. uh, next time I spin it, there will be one of the generals off. And I just keep All taking right. them until Ruel finally has to say one something. One of these days, yeah. One All of these right. days, I'll share some info, folks. Oh, this is a fun one. This is really quick. Goblin981, right at the end of the last one, uh, uh, requested a shout-out, the most expensive thing we can do. Uh, so I'll cash that in. He basically said he's cashing in the big butt shout-out that he tricked me into without paying. Remember, remember that? 
I don't know if anybody ever made a clip of that where I saw it and I thought he had paid for a shout out. So I said, uh, yeah, basically it turned out it was an old uh, Bart Simpson prank, uh, Simpson prank call to yeah, uh, Mo. Yeah. And, uh, and I did it. And then he tricked me because he didn't actually pay. So he paid for that. That's done. Well done, Goblin. Let's see Goblin here. for paid up. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but those Bart Simpson things are so funny. Yeah. What else those is going classic. on? I think. Uh, do we have anything oh to cash in before we get to the show here? Yeah, you know what? Um, we, we actually have a job to do. We've been just goofing around for 40 minutes. How about... Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, the R and argument is over. I should have uh, marked that on the screen a while ago. Oh, so okay. how about we give some stuff away? People have been yeah. very patiently waiting for that, haven't they? Let's go over to... Um, let's see, who was it? It was, not Jen, it was AEG. Uh, two weeks ago, had a very, very nice uh, offer of a $50 gift certificate to used on their online store. We are now going to find out who wins it. Beca- and we have a bigger number of people than normally because it went for two oh, wow. weeks because we didn't do a giveaway last uh, right. week. Let's see who Good will luck, go. everybody. Let's see who wins. Drum roll. Tyler Levy or Levy. Hey. Congratulations, Tyler. Well done, Tyler. Tyler, I will contact you after the show and uh, get details so that we can get that going. We, of course, are going to have a new contest we're doing once we actually start the show, which we're 40 minutes late on. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's going to be another $50 gift certificate for fun again. And... um, Hey, folks, it's get, we're about to do the show. And um, what that means is we're going to have to stop interacting with you for a little while, but you can talk amongst yourselves. And uh, let's see. What are we doing? You oh, yeah. have the, you'll have the avatars going so everyone can yes. see their avatars. Yeah, you can hop and, and, and fart and, and hug each other and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> what the heck? Let's always have a battle royale because that's always good fun. That's Bat- always a good way right, to start battle things off. Battle royale. Yeah. And we'll see, we'll see if hopefully uh, Kabuki Kid doesn't win again. <laughs> because she's the reigning champion. She's won two yes. of them. Okay, um, so here we go. Battle Royale. Even Everyone's completely get random. in here. Mm. Nazgoth suggests bat as the secret word. Oh. Okay. That does make sense. Yeah. I'm trying to see if my if I can work it into my games. Let here. me see if I can actually find my list. All right. All right. It doesn't have to be a doesn't have to be a bat. It could be a baseball bat, or it could be to hit yeah. something, to bat him away. Yeah. Um mm. I mean, I could. I, okay, I've got one. I've got one. You got one? Okay. Yeah, okay. Cool. All righty. Okay. Okay. Must uh, put that in all caps. And I need to put this mm-hmm. over here as a reminder. All right. Because I don't want to forget. Because yeah. all the pressure is on me. Where are yes. my show notes? There they are. Uh, right. So, again, folks, uh, when we do the show, uh, once we're in the show, what you're trying to listen for is that uh, magic word bat. But what you're going to do in an email to. Contest at rattle.com is enter the name of the game that uh, we're talking about at the time that you hear the word bat. Okay, so you don't just type in bat, you're typing in the game that we're going to be talking about at that time. Yes. And you send it to uh, contest at rattle.com, you'll be entered into a drawing for the $50 gift certificate from our friends at Fun Again Games. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so all that will be coming soon. All right, you have your list. You're ready to go, right? Oh my gosh, the fight's almost over. It's coming down to the end. I can't, they're so tiny, I can't see who they are. I know, I can't either. Well, someone won. Um, Who was that? Who won, folks? That was a long fight. Brenner42 gets 100 gold for customizing their uh, avatar. And thank you, fake 
uh, Fakem Rogers, uh, Fakem Rogers for the subscription, and to uh, AA Rising, thank you for the subscription. Uh, Party on Dudes, uh, this is his first time here, or her first time here, their first time here, and they have subscribed, or no, it's their first time chatting, so they subscribed for two months, excellent. And oh, uh, Clyde Three Man has resubscribed. Oh, you know what? I think these happen automatically. Is that right? Do people, if they set up for like an auto subscribe thing, I don't know. I, I haven't seen these yeah. messages happen before. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, yeah, thank there, you. There's a way you can auto subscribe. That's yep, correct. So that's what's happened there. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, okay. cool. So congratulations, Brenner. Um, put on a, get, buy yourself a nice hat or a, uh, a bushy mustache, like what I'm wearing at the moment, or a go. Santa hat. Um, and uh, Steph VE, also, thank you for subscribing. You'll see your avatar appear shortly uh, down at the bottom of the screen. Um, right. And if anybody wants to customize their avatars, the longer you watch, you just passively earn avatar points you can spend for unlocking hats and, and you know clothes and backpacks and stuff. Uh, if you hover your mouse on a browser over the video, you'll see a little icon appear on the right side of the screen. If you click that, it'll uh, that says SA. That's how you can customize your avatars. Anyway, yep. oh my gosh. Um, I feel like oh. there's so much yet to do. Time is the fire yeah. in which we burn. I know. We're, we're having way too much fun here talking black and white movies, colored movies, uh, Hawkeye, and all kinds of good stuff. But yeah, it is getting time to do the show, folks. I want to welcome Amanda Panda. Thanks for joining us, Panda Angel. Good to see you here. Um, but yeah, we're going to be uh, launching our show uh, uh, in a minute here, folks. And again, we will not be interacting with y'all uh, during the show. Uh, we may we might take a break halfway through. We'll, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Depending on how long uh, but, Yeah. Uh, but remember, uh, just keep aware of the you know. Keep your mind focused on that word bat, B-A-T. That's where we're gonna the magic word today for the contest. And then you're gonna enter whatever game we're talking about. That time we mentioned bat, you type in the name of the game uh, into an email contest at rado.com, and you will be entered into a raffle for the fifty dollar gift card from Fun Again Games. Okay. And that is real warming up because now we're gonna have to just explain it all again once the show actually starts. That's right. <laughs> uh, but okay. yeah, Ruel's yeah, he's, he's getting he's getting the juices flowing. You're getting professional. None of this I silly mean, yeah, jibber jabber chit chat stuff. We're here to yeah, do a job. We're here to talk about things. It's been a couple of weeks. You know, it's been a couple of weeks. I need to get back into the flow of things here. Totally so. understandable. One hundred percent. Let's see. Let me go on ahead and uh, see. I got to get Fun Again Games on screen. Okay, and I need to get my list of games ready. You need to get your game ready. I've got my list of games ready. Um, And the the secret word, as has been stated, is bat. Um, And uh, I'm going to be saying it. So people people who got here early get a little bit of a secret advantage over people who watch tomorrow on YouTube. They just know the bat, but they don't know who says it or when. Okay, I've got this queued up. I have got the uh, sponsor. Yes, I do. That's there. And um, yeah, okay, we're ready to go. Okay. And as far as um, the list goes, I'll start with the number 10 and we'll just alternate. Okay, yeah, is that cool? cool? All right, so you'll be number 10, yep. I'll be number one. And yep. um, yeah, okay. And yes, yes, yes. Um, <sighs> okay, you want to update What's uh, the R&R pre-show. Uh, yes, yes, let's change that. I will change that. Okay. Uh, control S, there we go. So that's the intro. And remember, when I'm talking about whatever my number nine is, you can be queuing up your thing so that you can put yep. your number eight on. As soon as you start talking, you can just save and, and make it go. And um, as soon as you start talking about it, I'll start doing a search for it so I can put it on screen in the browser. Cool. All right. You're good to go. Uh, yes. Um, oh, and thank you, Ruckus. I will try to enunciate bat, not bad. All right. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I'm bat. I'm bat. You know it, says Tibby. Uh, Tibby Blue, I agree. You're my kind of chatter, Tibby. Okay. Where are we? Okay, here we go. 
All right, and hemp to you as well. <clears throat> hey, everybody. This week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by Fun Again Games. And welcome, everybody, and welcome back, Ruel. How are you feeling, man? Yeah, thanks for, thanks for um, the welcome back. It is great to be back. Um, I am doing much better, my friend. Thank you so much. Um, I'm still, you know, I've got health issues that I'm uh, dealing with, I'm, but I'm on the mend and I'm better. And um, I'm very grateful for the fact that we can spend some time together and talk some uh, games today. You are on the mend and on the road. Am I correct? That is correct. Yeah. So, folks, this is not my normal studio <laughs> setup. I am on the road again. Um, as the old, uh, there's a Willie Nelson song. Did I just reference Willie Nelson? Yes, I did. On the road yes, again. Yes, there you go. Uh, this, time, <laughs> this time, not in Florida, but I'm here in lovely Las Vegas, Nevada. Actually, this is almost like a preview of uh, next March, folks. Yeah. Nice Tower West coming up in uh, March uh, 2nd through 5th. Um, we'll be back in Vegas. But right now, I'm here just uh, spending some time uh, during the holidays, uh, visiting some family, hanging out, um, and hanging out in the room. Not in front of my shelf uh, wall of games, but I, did ha- I do have a bag full of games in the other room, and we're going to be playing them for the next couple of days. Well, then we got to get to work so you can get to playing games. And we will just enjoy the strange, mysterious painting that you have framed your head with. Nobody knows what it is. It's a mystery. It's a bunch of colors, folks. Hold on a second. Move your head. Um, Folks, if you could mention um, down in the comments below, does anybody recognize this painting that just happens to be on the wall in Royal's Airbnb? Inquiring minds want to know. I'm sure Royal would like to know before he leaves. Um, I would love to know. I have no idea what it is. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. Well, this week, folks, we are going to be doing a countdown of games that we would rush right out and buy because we are board game junkies and we are always chasing our latest fix. since our sponsor this week is Fun Again Games, we spent uh, the last few hours before we went live looking through their catalog to see what really jumped out at us right now. And uh, we're going to be doing that countdown, uh, and maybe we'll point out a couple games maybe you haven't heard of that might catch your interest as well. And if so, you might be in luck, folks, because our sponsor, Fun Again Games, this week, oh, not AEG, that was uh, the previous sponsor. Oh, shoot, I thought I had that queued up. I didn't. Just pretend I didn't do that. Pretend I was very, very smooth and came over here. Our sponsor, Fun Again Games, is making a donation uh, in the form of a contest. One lucky winner will get a $50 gift certificate to be spent at the Fun Again Games store. And so, uh, you might be wondering, well, I would like $50 for free to buy games. How do I win? Great question. So sometime during the show, we're going to be saying, uh, I'm going to give you all the magic word, okay? Mm -hmm. But it's up to y'all to figure out, to listen for it, and then type in the name of the game that one of us are talking about during that time when the magic word is uh, spoken. And then you're going to enter the name of the game into an email to an email at um, contest at rado.com, and that's how you'll be entered to uh, into the raffle to win um, the $50 gift card from our friends at Fun Again Games. Correct. So what is the magic word today? The magic word today, folks, is bat. As in um, baseball bat, or as in vampire bat, or whatever it might be. Not bad. Or Whoever, yeah, whichever one is going to say it is going to try to be clear and articulate that. Um, don't, don't, no false pauses in case one of us says, oh, this game is bad, because we were listening for the word bat. That's um, right. B-A-T, folks, uh, as in bumblebee bat, the smallest mammal on earth, bumblebee bat, um, also Batman. Yes, so, um, uh, two, two very, very different uses of the word. Okay, so as Ruel says, one of us is going to say it. When you hear it, make a note of whatever game we were talking about at that point, because as it says at the bottom of the screen, you mail that as your subject 
Um, you know, if the game we were talking about was uh, Roll for the Galaxy, you would put Roll for the Galaxy in the title. And uh, instead of the word bat, which is what a lot of people do. And uh, next week, we'll do a... You, you have to... Until... What day? Until the new year. You have until the 4th of January, 2022, to figure out what game it was, email that to contest at rotto.com, and enter, and we'll do a, we'll do a drawing on the morning of the 4th. Right. Wow. I think right. that is it. And if so, we are ready to start talking about the top 10 games we'd buy right now. Are you yeah. ready to go, Ruel? I'm ready to rock and roll, so I'm going to update the thing here. So, folks, these are the top 10 games we'll buy right now, um, and I'm going to put my name or my game here. My number 10 okay. is Star Realms, the box set. Okay. Okay. This, now, this, uh, my list is uh, going to be a mix of old and new. Star Realms is a classic uh, deck building game. This one is a big favorite of mine. It is uh, probably one of the games that I've gifted the most uh, because I think it's a wonderful introduction to deck building. Um, but the thing is, when I usually gift it, it was like the old school, uh, like $15 deck. It was just like literally just uh, for two players. Right. And it was just a, a deck of cards, basically. But now with this new version, which I'm excited about, it's a box set. So you can play up to four players. It's got a board, sort of like if you uh, remember the game Ascension. You have a board where you can lay all the cards. It's mm-hmm. really, uh, really neat, a neat way to organize things. And then this also plays up to four players. So you get all four in one. And then, Rado, I think you'd be interested in this. It also comes with two different variants. Oh. A, um, it comes with a cooperative variant that you can play and a oh, solo yes. variant as well. Now, I've gotten the opportunity to play the cooperative variant. It's very, very good. Um, you're still playing standard uh, uh, Star Realms. You know, you're building uh, your fleet. Uh, your ships have currency. They also have uh, combat. You're using those to blow up the other sh- the enemy ships. But now with the, the cooperative version, you're actually fighting like a boss monster. And you have different uh, ways cool. that you have to, you know, you have to take their health down to zero and so forth. I think this is the way, and this is the reason why I'm excited about it. This is the one I will be gifting from now on. Because I think this is the perfect entry point for Star Realms. Because it has the base set, but then it also includes those uh, solo and cooperative uh, versions as well. Uh, and they're oversized as well. So it's not just like a little card uh, for the cooperative version. It's like oversized card, so it's easy to read. Everyone on the table can see it. Comes with the board. Comes with all kinds of great stuff. That's my number 10. It is the Star Realms of box set. Well, okay, I have to admit, I was going to be tuning out for that entire entry, I'll be honest, because, uh, yeah, I mean, Star Realms, I, I, don't get me wrong, it's a brilliant design. I totally understand why it is so... Um, universally adored really yes. uh, you know, I, yeah. mean, I mean and you know there's there's tournaments for it uh, that are going yeah. all the time uh, so I, I yeah. totally get it but I, I've always felt it's just a little too light. Uh, you know, I mean, Jen and I, we've tried it. We've also tried the fantasy version, which didn't really, uh, you know, capture our imagination at all. So it's yeah. just, it's just uh, always been. But you, you've caught my attention. I mean, with the, uh, what do you call it? The, the solo, but more importantly with the co-op. And you are saying you have played it and it rocks, or it slaps, as the kids say, I, I think. As the kids say, it slaps. Do the kids still say that? I don't know. Do um, they? Do the I just say, did, on was, behalf of all yeah. kids. You did, yeah. Slap, and you know, I'll throw in, hey, it was lit. There you go. There's a, there's a word that I have no idea what it means. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and I think uh, it's the perfect, again, it's a, more of an entry-level game yeah. as far as deck building. So this is the type of thing that you gift. Um, that you gift uh, during the holidays and so forth, but also it does it does have a, the pedigree behind it. The designers, uh, Rob Doherty and I think it's Darwin Castle. These are former Magic yeah. the Gathering professionals. Yeah, so, world class. You know, they, 
Yeah, they, they, they are Hall of Fame uh, players and designers now. Uh, so they have, um, you know, the, the design pedigrees uh, out of this world. And um, I've always enjoyed it. Again, uh, this is particular version is going to be a little lighter. But you know what? As you get into the game, there are promos, there are expansions that really level it up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. So that's take true. a look at that. Yeah. All right. So there uh, is. And, uh, and if you're, if you're thinking, if you ever thought about starting it, this is the way to start it with this box. Absolutely. 100%. Perfect. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to my number nine. For the King and Me. And I have to admit, I barely knew of the existence of this game like two weeks ago. I had no idea it was coming out, but um, I, I stumbled across it when I was doing my uh, Game of the Year list and all that. And I was like, what games have I missed for the year? And then uh, when I saw it was for sale uh, at what? Uh, 20% off, 19% off. I knew this would have to go on my list because I would totally rush right out and get this right now. Uh, now, I don't know, Ruel, if you have ever played Biblios. I have played Biblios. I enjoy Biblios a great deal. Biblios is a fantastic, phenomenal game. Quite frankly, one yeah. of the best modern Euro-style designer card games of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. um, for the King and Me is a 2.0 of Biblios. It is from designer Ooh. Steve Finn. It is from publisher Yellow, the you know the, the the team that brought us Biblios all those years ago. And they've gone back. They've completely changed the, oh, everybody's running a monastery trying to create a great library. Now everybody is in an imperial court trying to impress the king by doing all kinds of tasks and being the best at it. But you know, the theme is secondary to this game. At its heart, this is got one of the most clever card drafting systems of all time. Because of, in both Biblios, and now in For the King and Me, on your turn, you are going to draw a number of cards. You draw a card from the deck. You have to decide, am I going to keep this card for myself? Am I going to put it in a pool that my opponents can get? Or am I going to put it in an auction pile that will be bid on later? And once I make that decision, oh, this is an awesome card, but I don't need this card. Do If I put it in the pool, though, somebody else might get it later in the auction. Do I put it over there with one of my opponents getting it? No, I guess I'll take it for myself. And then you draw another card. And then you look at that and like, oh, that's the card I wanted! But I've already taken a card for myself, so now I have to take this other card and either put it in the pool for the auction later or give it to one of my opponents. And you, every round you do this, uh, you have to draw multiple cards depending on how many players there are. And it is just the most wonderful tension-inducing thing because um, the cards you're grabbing are things things that will let you bid well in the auction. They are things that um, let you do set collection because you're trying to get the most of, of certain tasks that you're trying to do to impress the king. And there are also cards that let you change the, the perceived value of how good those tasks are. If I'm really rocking dip diplomacy tasks, I want to invest and make those worth more in the eyes of the king. Whereas if I'm terrible at diplomacy and Ruel's really good at it, I want to grab those cards that let me make diplomacy a useless skill. So every round in the first half of the game, you're trying to grab these cards, or at the very least, keep them away from your opponent. But there's no worse feeling. Okay, I've taken one for myself. Okay, because it was good. Oh, and I've taken... This one's really good, too. I'll put it in the pool so that the, my, my opponents can't get it. And then I draw the third card, and that's better than any of them, and I have no choice but to give it to my opponents. It's awesome. There's one more nice. thing that For the King does. Uh, you know, While keeping the core gameplay alive, it increases the player count, so now you can play five players, which you were not able to do with Biblios. So that's right. a pretty big deal. Biblios is phenomenal. I, I have successfully paid Biblios um, with complete and total novices. It's a great game gateway, but it's still really, really deep, really fun. And I got to say, the thing I appreciate most about For the King and Me at this point, it's got a stronger 
theme that just makes more sense. Uh, you know, the fact, oh, we're trying to get better at tasks. Tasks are no longer a favored thing. It, it actually feels like you're doing something as opposed to just kind of doing this arbitrary, abstract card drafting. And I really yeah. appreciate that too, which is why it made my number nine uh, for the king in me. What a great choice. I have I had no idea about this game. So you just introduced, mm-hmm. introduced me to a brand new game. And I know Ben Lewis. I've enjoyed it many, many times in the past. So this is definitely now on my radar. Great choice. Yeah. Okay. Well, then what is your uh, number eight? My number eight um, is from Thunderworks Games. It's a game called Cape May. Uh, this okay. is a new one. Uh, from Thunderworks. I had the pleasure of seeing a very early uh, prototype of this over at uh, Gen Con a couple of months ago. Uh, thanks to Tim over there at uh, Thunderworks for showing me and taking me through the game. This is a city building game, and uh, we're, you know, players, you're all entrepreneurs developing a property, you know, building wealth and so forth. It's a card driven game, and it's area majority scoring. So if, it's, if area majority scoring is not your jam, this might, might not be for you, but I know this is my type of game. Uh, you're, you start with cottages, you develop in the houses, and you go bring those into historical landmarks uh you're creating shops that are going to eventually you know become eventual uh, profitable businesses earn your income and you're going to move around the city as well trying to you know use your activity cards uh trying to figure out okay where do i want to do this can i complete this bonus goal before so-and-so does um this checks off all the marks of a game that i like um it plays in about i think 90 minutes to two hours so it's not really a light game a lightish mm. game but i think it's one of those games uh, again on first glance where i feel like it's uh, going to be easy to learn but there's gonna be that nice depth of strategy that you may not see at first uh, as you're building when i saw the uh, the prototype for this and it was close it was it was still a prototype but it was close to final production the little minis, the houses, and everything look fantastic. Ah. It's got this really killer table presence. Just absolutely gorgeous. So you're building up Cape May. This is, in, uh, I believe, New Jersey. So it's like that eastern seaboard uh, type city. It actually reminds me a little bit of uh, Embarcadero, whereas okay. that was like the West Coast um, building that um, uh, that you're uh, building up there. This is the East Coast version, of, except without all the shipping containers and stuff. But um, this is another game that I'm I really looking forward to, and that's Cape May from Thunderworks Games. Cool. Hey, I'm looking at the board right now. Can you tell me, um, that circle up in the top left, is this a Rondell-based game? Um, oh, the circle? Oh, you know what? I don't... Gosh. No, I know I, you're... I, it's been a while. You just remember liking it when you saw the demo. Yeah. I. Gosh, was that a Rondell? I, it might have been a resource tracker. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Because I know it was it was driven it was uh, heavily driven by the movement the movement that you do so maybe it, it is work oh folks now we got to take a closer look at this I wish I would have uh, <laughs> taken a little closer look at this before we jumped on here well you didn't know um, I was going to give you the uh, the cross examination third degree yeah, you, you totally jumped, yeah you, you're, I've heard oh, good I things know. about this game I just yes. I, and I saw it and I thought about putting it on my list but I just realized I didn't know enough about it so but yeah, I mean you played it and you really so. dug it as, in prototype form. Yes, yes. And just going through the sample turn, like I, I remember um, uh, we, they mentioned it was a pretty tight game as far as I think it's a total of maybe 16 turns uh, mm-hmm, total. Mm-hmm. So oh, you really got to be efficient. Yeah, got to yeah, be yeah, really yeah. efficient in your use of uh, resources and um, where you're going to allocate um, what majority you're, you're going for. One of those uh, really classic, I, I always love these type of games, like you want to do all the stuff, but you only have a very limited set of actions that you can do. Yeah. I, I, lo- I love that in the game. So yeah, that's my number uh, eight is uh, Cape May from Thunderworks Games. Okay, well, uh, it sounds great. And like I said, I've been really interested in it in quite a while. Uh and yeah, if, if that's a Rondell thing, I mean, I, I, Rondells are one of my favorite mechanisms of all time, yeah. quite frankly. I mean, I just love them to bits and bobs. All right. But anyway, so that was your number eight. So we're on to my number seven, correct? 
I'm losing track already. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Then my number seven is PAX. P-A-X, PAX. Now, I don't know if you played this. This is an older game. And in fact, I did not find it in the new releases. I found it in their um, blowout liquidation section. Or maybe it was their, um, oh, their uh, uh, hard-to-find games. But when I saw, it was 50% off. And you could get this game for $14.99. And I gotta say, this game is fantastic. And I figured I had to put it on the list. Because everything I just said about um, Biblios pretty much applies to this game. This is Gamer's Biblios, quite frankly. It's a, it's a card game. It's driven by the same core idea that every round you are going to have to draw one at a time, a series of cards, keep one for yourself, put um, one out in a pool that other players can grab from. Although in this game, you could also grab from it as well, if the timing is right. Or basically dump it and remove it from the short-term game. And that decision is brilliant in Biblios. It's brilliant here. In this game, though, we are all members of the slave revolt led by Spartacus in ancient Rome. And we're all different factions, and we are trying to do the best to gather all the resources we need, get soldiers on our side, get military equipment, get the support of the Senate, get money, get merchants on our side. That's what all these cards represent. And as we're collecting more and more of them, we are getting stronger and stronger because this is a competitive game. Even though we all have the shared goal of overthrowing Rome, um, we still want to be, we, we want to get the, uh, the the attaboy from Spartacus himself at the end of the game by doing the best job. Here's the interesting thing about this game and why Jen and I really dug it. Rome is an active participant, is a competitor in this game. Uh, because if you're playing, if you and I are playing this game, there's a third player called Rome. Because after the end of a round, after everybody does all that heartbreaking d- drafting the cards and putting them out, Rome gets to come along and just grab the biggest pool of cards that's still around because they have infinite money. And so over the course of the game, they are slowly amassing a gigantic army, all the land they need to hold the army, a fleet, all these other kinds of things. And it's incumbent on us. At the end of the game, we are judged on, I think there's like six different types of cards. Uh, c- control the merchants, control the Senate, military, stuff like that. And we have to beat Rome in four of those six categories as a group. If I beat him in three and you beat him in one, then Rome is down, uh, the slaves' revolt is successful, and one of us is, uh, you know, is crowned the winner of the game. Here's the thing, though, Ruel. If you and I are playing, and I'm doing my best to take down Rome, and you're thinking, you know what? I don't think we can beat Rome. I think Rome is going to win. You can draft for certain cards that basically are called intrigue cards. Because at the end of the game, if Rome is not defeated, if as a group we did not do enough to overthrow Rome, whoever had the most intrigue wins the game. So, it's a traitor game. It turns Biblios Ah. into a resource management, um, semi-cooperative traitor game that has so much going on. It is really deep, incredibly rich. Uh, Jen and I, we we played it quite a bit back in the day, and um, when I saw it here for such a low price, it just seemed like such a no-brainer. You know, I mean, if Biblios you get as a really wonderful gateway game. Pax you get because you love the idea of the gameplay of Biblios, but you want a really rich, heavy game with lots of extra stuff managing money, all kinds of things. And um, yeah, it's a very impressive game from designer Bernd Eisenstein, who also designed Plephanes, which is in my top 10 favorite games of all time. So no surprise I'm going to like this. But yeah, PAX, it it came out, uh, gosh, like 2012. It got a reprint back in 2019. I'm assuming this is, you know, copies of the reprint. And um, yeah, just talking about it makes me want to play it again. My number seven, PAX. Wow, nice. I have uh, never played the game, but I've seen it um, over the years and just 
for whatever reason, I'm just never, I've never been there uh, when this played, but n- now hearing all that, I'm like, okay, this has got me intrigued. The Biblios, the heavier or uh, gamers Biblios, yeah. I, I'm all over that. That sounds wonderful. Awesome. Okay. Let's get ready for, I'm moving on to my number six. You're number six. Now. Okay. Okay. Let me, uh, I am ready to type. Up. Okay. Uh, number six is Imperial Steam. Ah, I see. This, yes. This one, I'm, I'm going, okay, I'm going to be honest. This game, I'm strictly going on my gaming group. Um, you know, now we're, we're getting back together again. Um, I have not been back uh, for about a few weeks now with my main, uh, my uh, buddies here, but they've been playing a heck of a lot of Imperial Steam. Nobody Without you? Without me. Believe that? I mean, you know, the holidays and everything, but, yeah. um, and scheduling and stuff like that. But, um, the reason why I'm so hyped about this, it's got one big comparison people to compare it to Brass Birmingham, which I absolutely mm-hmm. adore, mm-hmm. Uh, love. I think it's a, it's one of my top ten games of all time, uh, where you're you know building up industry during the industrial age, um, the uh, industry is booming. You have all these different types of things. Uh, what you're doing though is uh, building a railway network, and you need to you know move your goods. Um, you know, pick up and deliver, but at the same time, you need to watch your stock shares. Mm. You know, you're trying to, when are you going to sell your stock in your, you know, companies to investors to, you know, get that influx of cash. Uh, you're trying to uh, balance that. You know, it's, a, it's an economic game, which I'm going to, uh, I'll be the first to admit, I'm terrible at these type of games. I mean, Brass Birmingham, as much <laughs> as I love it, I've probably won the game like twice out of a couple of dozen times, but I always enjoy the experience. Uh, maybe because I'm, I'm so bad at it, I, I really enjoy the challenge of it, uh, right? And this one, from what I understand, it's similar to Brass, but uh, people in, uh, seem to uh, be enjoying the economic part of this game a little more mm-hmm. with the uh, selling shares, uh, investments, and stuff like that, whereas Brass didn't really have that. Uh, that was a lot more heavy on the pick-up-and-deliver aspect yeah. of, of the uh, Which this game does as well. It definitely has yes. that. I can tell yeah. you, I have played this game. And oh, you have? Oh, yes. I did not know that. It is terrifying. How I'm not gonna. Oh. It's not overly heavy. I, it's interesting you draw a compare. I hadn't occurred to me, but yeah, it's kind of in the same brass area. Um, right. Here's the thing. Here's first of all, I gotta say that probably the coolest thing about this game. You mentioned it is the way the stock system works because yes. um, there are certain things you can do to get more investors in your in your own um, you know shipping company. You're in, and you yeah. need those investors to make the money to lay the track to build the factories to produce the goods to ship to the cities to get the points all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but when these investors come in, one of the actions you can do is sell to them, and then you can get a huge influx of cash. And money is so tight in this game, so right, right. skin flint tight. It's incredible. But what happens is you say, oh, great, thanks, investor. And in another game, oh, they just go away. You know, they, they got their portion of the company, whatever. Here's the deal. Every time you sell to your investors, who are a resource you have to kind of get in the first place, you have to get them on board, and then you sell shares to them, you get that money, and then you put them in this little special place on your board. And at the end of the game, every investor that's in that little ring takes 10% of your profits at the end of the game. And money is points in this game. So if you sold to 10 investors, at the end of the game, you will literally, no matter how much money you made, you will get zero because they took 100%. And so every time, and you need to use these, but it is, and you need to use it early when they don't even give you very much money because your stars weren't, but you do that knowing that at the end of the game, oh my God, Am I going to give up? On, I'm already at 20% of my points I'm going to lose at the end of the game. Is it worth it to give up 30% of my final tally at the end of the game to get this influx of cash, to get this delivery to this city before you do? 
And chances are it is. But those are incredibly agonizing decisions. And another thing, when I say it's it's brutal, this game, if you make bad moves, it's all to me it almost feels like 18xx-ish. If you make bad moves in this game, the game will punish you. There's no soft safety net in this game. If you don't play smart, if you make ill-advised early moves, they can compound and destroy you. So you have to bring your A game. And so I worry for you a little bit when you said that you've had a hard time doing brass. Brass is more forgiving than this game. But it is a brilliant design. I'm sure uh, anybody who loves really heavy economic simulations, this has got to be in their top 10 of the year. Which is uh, funny you mentioned it. The, the, I, I'm thinking of the guys that have played, my, my friends in the game group that have played this, the ones that rave about that yeah. love it, they're all 18xx gamers. So there I'm you like, go. Okay, that, that makes sense. That I guarantee you, sense. the reason they want you to play with this with them is so that they yeah. can convert you to an 18xx. Or look, you can handle it's, Imperial Steam. 18xx yeah. is just another 10%. It's no problem. That's that's pretty much, I, I think I see what you're saying. I, I think I know their plan now, yeah. So that's, uh, that is my number six. That is Imperial Steam. Ah, uh, an excellent choice. I do not yeah. blame you at all. Well, okay then, let's talk about my, um, where are we now? We're at number five. Thank you, you just said that. My number five, this is the this is kind of, I think, the second time this has appeared. You know, because we do this list monthly, Right, uh, where we, we just look at what's on fun again, what's going on, what what would we be interested in buying these days, and so I think this is like the sixth or seventh time we've done this, and I'm basically going to be talking about a sequel that I think I mentioned earlier in an earlier list. What am I talking about? Well, I'm trying to do a search for it, so I have it at the ready, except I can't type to save my life and talk at the same time. I thought I was good at it, but I'm not. Let me try one more time. Hee-hee! There we go. There we go. There we go. So many options. There it is. My number five, Ruel, uh, thank you for your patience and for the audience's patience, is Pandemic Hot Zone Europe. Wow. Yes. yes. Oh, um, fantastic. Yes. Now, yes. Our, our, okay, I, I believe... I don't need to explain Pandemic. If you're watching this, there's no way you don't know what Pandemic is. So let's just skip over that. Pandemic Hot Zone is a new Pandemic series that basically could have been called Pandemic Express. Because you can play, you can get a full or kind of a truncated hyperspeed version of the Pandemic experience in 15 minutes or less at any player count. And that includes even setup and put down. Uh, it's it's an incredible design feat what this game does. And uh, I, earlier in the year, uh, they had put out Pandemic Hot Zone North America, which had you playing Pandemic only in North America trying to stop the spread of the disease. They've now released the sequel, or but it's it's a, you know a standalone pandemic hot zone Europe, and now we're running around Europe trying to stop the spread of disease. There's um new things, uh, mutations. The first one it had special events that could mess you up. This one had mutations. These are ideas that have appeared in other versions of pandemic and expansions over the years. And again, it's a great game that lets you sit down and get a full pandemic experience in 15 minutes. Here's why I'm talking about this today. It's not for pandemic hot zone Europe. It's not for pandemic hot zone North America. It's for Pandemic Hot Zone Hemispheres. Because if you pick up both of these games, and both of these games are available for $14.99, so you can get both of them for less than the cost of most board games today, you get a special way to play where it's a two-player-only game where I am in control of the North America map, and you, Ruel, are in control of the Europe map. And we both have a team of specialists who are running around trying to stop the spread of you know the pandemics on our board, 
And um, even though we're playing almost two games in parallel, I've got my focus of the world, you've got your hemisphere you're focusing on, we can interact with each other. We can still do special powers. The dispatcher can still dispatch somebody, even if they're on the other side of the world. We can still share stuff, and um, we can actually leave our board and come over to the board of our teammates. And this, here's the deal. Um, I loved it. Uh, first time Jen and I played it, I thought this is really fantastic. A wonderful, fresh new way to play Pandemic. It kind of mixes the solo mode that you saw in Pandemic Fall of Rome, where you're controlling three characters, but you have one common set of cards, and then you have kind of a, a communal group of cards you can draw from. Everybody can draw from the communal group. The archive, it's called. It's in between both of our cards. We can put stuff in there to share with each other, even if we don't get to the same areas like normal. Um, so I really thought it was great. I was just the other day talking with my wife, Jen, um, about her favorite games of the month. Playing Hemispheres was her favorite game of the month. And it really shocked me when she said she thinks it's her favorite way to play Pandemic, period. Wow. Yes. Really? Uh, and honestly, wow. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. Those are strong okay. words. But Those the Hemispheres variant, words. which I should say, by the way, if you do pick up both of these, uh, you won't find the rules for it in the box for either of them. You have to go to Z-Man's website and you can download and print out the rules. The rules are pretty straightforward, though. And um, it's it's brilliant because um, you know it's a version of Pandemic where you're controlling three characters at once, um, trying to fight. Because, okay, we got to cure all the pandemics on my board and your board. We have to cure the diseases six times times over the course of this game. Um, you know, and uh, while while explosions are happening all over the place, and uh, we are ju juggling our own individual group of specialists. You're not just one character, you're three characters. So it makes the game heavier than normal. Um, you know, a lot more stuff going on. Kind of likens to, you know, the later later play of Pandemic Legacy Zero. When you get, um, you, in that game, you can get really complex, super um, convoluted characters that do a lot of stuff. This game just gives that to you out of the bat. So, um, nice. my number five is kind of a combo. It's Pandemic Hot Zone Europe plus Pandemic Hot Zone North America. Which, according I... to my wife, is the best way to play Pandemic. I am ecstatic right now hearing that you've already played. So, so Michelle and I, um, we have uh, both the North America and the Europe uh, pandemic hot zones. And I did download the rules from the, the website okay. for hemispheres, but we have not played it yet. I was hoping to do it before the end of the year, but we're probably going to do it uh, started next year. But hearing what you just said about that, I am so fired up to try it now. That is great news. I can't wait to play it. It's going to be a blast. Cool. I'm, I'm, I, I hope you like it. Do you think you're going to stream yeah. it on your uh, Twitch channel? Uh, yeah, we'll probably uh, we'll probably stream it. So, folks, if you don't know, um, yeah. I'm on Twitch at Real Gavioli. You can find me streaming uh, board games uh, several times a week, uh, usually with my wife Michelle, sometimes with friends or family, and sometimes I do solo stuff as well. <laughs> Check All him right. out, folks. So, he is fantastic. I, I got hooked on Ruel watching him stream live, and that's why I ultimately wanted him to be on my channel, because he's so good. And, I mean, he'll show you off such a great range of games. And it's just fun watching him and his wife tease each other and all that. Yeah, uh, yeah, have a yeah. good time. Thank you, my friend. Okay, let's move on to my number four. So I'm going a little old school here. This game's been out a little for a little bit now, but a new version has just come out. Okay. Uh, my number four is Akrotiri. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so this was out of print for years. I actually got a first edition copy years ago. Very fortunate. A friend was selling uh, selling it off, so I got that one. But now it's back in a second revised edition um, from, I believe, Z-Man Games uh, does it. But I think so, this yeah. Is, 
Yeah, you know, we were just talking about pickup and deliver. This has a little bit of pickup and deliver in it, but it's mainly a tile placement game. Uh, you and your um, opponent, it's a two-player game, and I think this is one of my, easily my top five two-player games of all time. Wow. Uh, you are, yes, it is absolutely fantastic. What I love about it, it's a small box game, but it's got so much brain burn in it for a small box game. Your lane tiles, you have this main island, you're going to slowly but surely uh, build these shipping lanes where you're going to, you know, uh, bring your boats around, collect resources, and the object of the game is to uh, you want to develop these islands so you can find the, the hidden temples uh, and you have map cards I'm going to show you where the temples are but what you're trying to do is place the tiles in a way that the temples will show up right so mm -hmm. one has to have a certain symbol here in this uh, um uh, in this uh, portion of the map, another has to have a, a certain symbol here. And you're trying to manipulate the map and at the same time trying to get resources so you can collect money so you can buy more maps. And you're, it's got this nice little balancing act of when you ship resources, uh, you're going to you know, sort of manipulate the market a little bit. And oh, I can get more money for this good at this time or I can ship this later. Hopefully the price will be more. Um, I al I'm always impressed by this game. And like, it's a 45-minute playtime, about 30 to 45 minutes for a two-player game, but it's very thinky for what it is. You, you don't – at least I didn't expect it the first couple of times I played it, where, okay, it's a tile lane game, cool. It's got a little pick and deliver, cool. But then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need to figure out how I'm going to make these maps work for – or make these uh, 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 islands work for my map so I can discover these uh, temples because it's a race. You need the race to get the first – I think it's uh, reveal six or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you'll have points on base of that. But, oh, it's, I love everything about this game. It has a nice blend of mechanisms. It's got a nice little bit of, not, I shouldn't say brain burniness, but maybe a very nice thinkiness to it for what appears to be a lighter game. But it's not. It, don't, let, don't let the small print um, fool you folks. There's a lot of game in this box. This is why it's my number two, Acroteri, or yeah. my number four. Your number four, yes. Yeah, number four, Acroteri. Yes. An excellent choice. I'm so glad you mentioned it. I'm so glad we're not just doing nothing but cults of the new today. We're going uh, into some older classics as well. Here's the deal. Yeah. I do not like pick-up and deliver games at all. Uh, a few years ago, I uh, no, just not Jens and my jam. Neither of us really dig oh. it. We, we usually find them pretty boring, quite frankly, and drudgery. Okay. You know, just gotta walk over here, get the thing. I gotta walk over there, get the and deliver the thing. Just never really, very rare. Years ago, I did a top ten pick up and deliver games, and this ranked very, very high. This is an excellent game. This is a pick up and deliver game for people who hate pick up and deliver, because most yeah. of the game is about the tiling and, like you were talking about, trying to create those patterns to fulfill mm -hmm. the, uh, the 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 treasure maps for all intents and purposes. Because I got to get all these stuff in these particular spots in this communal world that we're trying to bring. When when you actually start to move around and pick stuff up and move them, you just instantly—it's almost like you teleport. Your ships are super fast. Okay, I'm over here, and next turn I'm over there, and all. Of the uh, okay, another three turns. I'll be in Tallahassee and I'll be able to drop off, drop off this wheat or grain or whatever. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. You said it's in your um, your your top list for uh, two player games. It would yes. certainly come pretty close to my top for them as well. I have held on to my copy forever. I think it's fantastic and excellent yeah. choice. A yeah. very very good call, Acrotary. Yeah. If people haven't Absolutely heard of it, it. Um, definitely check it out. Now here's the thing you may not have known. Uh, it was originally designed to be two to four players. Yes. Oh, did you hear about That's this? Right. And you can still play this. it as a four-player game, but you have to buy two yeah. copies. They took it out, though, because the four-player game became an 
epic experience. It takes yeah. so long. And and Z-Man, I think, rightly decided, you know what? Let's just keep this a tight, compact, fast-playing two-player game. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the right decision as well because the game, when you play it two players, is you know, it's back and forth, back and forth, and it is it does have some thickiness to it, but I can see it totally bogging down at three and four players. And I, I think... By keeping it two, they they they, they keep it a, a wonderful two player experience. So that was, that was a good call on their yep. part. But it's good to hear that. I, I really, I'm happy to hear that. Even though you're not a pick up a deliver fan, that this still um, still ranks highly uh, with you. Um, and I think for the reason that you said, it's it's perfect that it's not really a hardcore pick up and deliver game where you're wasting not like wasting her just waiting to like deliver stuff no you're going to instantly deliver stuff because yeah. you can usually get to where you need to go super uh, satisfying game it does so many yeah. things so smart uh, was it designed by Senfun Lung and Jay Cormier Senfun is that Lung right? and Jay Cormier yeah yeah They're a wonderful design team oh my gosh yes one of the best I mean that design team everything they do is worth checking out and they don't quite get the same attention as a Kramer and a Kiesling or what have you but really phenomenal design duo yeah Accretary, good call. All right, well, um, if people were paying attention, I accidentally spilled the beans and showed my number three early, (laughs) which is Savannah Park. I'll put that back on the screen now. And um, now I'm just going to completely fly in the face of what I said about, hey, not doing all cults of the new stuff. This is brand spanking new, and it's fantastic. And it is from designers Kramer and Kiesling. Um, You know, uh, still... Uh, you know, with good reason, probably the premier design duo in the board game industry. Whenever they work together on something, they are going to produce something incredibly special. And Savannah Park is no exception to that. It is a, what would you call it? Have you played it well? I think you might have. Are you? No, I have not played it yet. I've um, I, we've actually talked about it. I, I think before in a previous episode. Yeah, because I was talking about, about it actually, for um, either Gen Con yeah. or Essen because it was it was yes. high on my list for those as well. If I'd been at those yeah. conventions, I would have gotten it. I have gotten right. it. Jen and I have played it. It is phenomenal. Here's what it is. Uh, basically, everybody gets a board with a whole bunch of tiles with animals all over them, and everybody arranges uh, those tiles completely randomly on their board. So the the board is full of. Uh, uh, animals, and then it's also full of blank spaces. And Ruel, when it's your turn, you take any one of the tiles that has yet to be flipped. So any of the uh, the fresh tiles, you pick it up, you say what animals are on it. You say, okay, I'm using the um, the one with two elephants and a giraffe, or the one with a bat and a mongoose, or whatever it might be. And then everybody finds that same animal tile on their own board, Everybody picks it up, and then you flip it to indicate it's been used, and you put it in one of the empty spaces on your board. And that, I just described all the rules for the game. That's almost wow. it. It's wow. that simple. And so I do that. I, you know, I, I move the, the, the elephant giraffe tile. You move yours. And because we had different boards, we're already, right from that first thing, ending up doing different odd things because there are rules. Ideally, we want all the elephants next to the elephants. And we want all the giraffes next to the giraffes. Because at the end of the game, we will score our biggest group of each of the animals. So if I'm going to move that elephant giraffe tile, I need to be thinking, okay, but now that I put this here, I'm going to want to get all the elephants, maybe kind of northeast of it, and all the giraffes southwest of it. But those spaces are all full of a bunch of other animals. So I got to move those other animals out of the way to make room for the giraffes for the gi- to, to try to get that big group of giraffes and elephants. And then there's other stuff as well. Some animals want to be next to trees. Some animals want to be away from fire, as you might imagine. So it's a very puzzly game. But it's basically kind of like... Well, it has kind of a bingo feel because when it's your turn, you're going to pick one tile and everybody has to deal with that. And, um, you know, and be, 
hey, it's perfect me. I can just put this in position. Baber's like, no, not that one. I have to move that now. I needed that one to not move yet because I was waiting for its space to open up. But now I have to move it now. And okay, I guess I could put it over here and then maybe I could make a bridge to the rest of it. Um, you know, and uh, there's, uh, you know, some of the tiles have water pools, which are a multiplier value for the big group and all that. It is brilliant. It's a fun, fast playing game. It's got a great presentation. And, um, you know, so I think it's a good gateway style game. This is a this is one of those family games that gamers are going to really really dig. You know, hardcore gamer geeks because it's very very deep, but it's so incredibly easy to teach and explain and just sit down and play. And uh, and it's also a very fast game too. So if somebody says, "Oh my gosh, I've ruined myself," you can say, "Don't worry, it's only five more minutes." And then we'll see how it works out, and we can try again. And you've learned. Um, yeah, Kramer and Kiesling, they're they're the best in the business for a reason. And this is just another example of them totally knocking it out of the park with my number three, Savannah Park. Yeah, everything you talked about, I, I remember we, we've talked about this before, I am looking forward to uh, getting this to the table. Oh, this... I know it's going to... Yeah, I know this is going to be a big hit with my family. Mm-hmm. Again, Kramer mm-hmm. Kiesling, yeah, and one of those, like you were saying, one of those games like, oh, you're... I really I wish I would have done better, but hey, we got five more minutes, we're done, let's play another a game. I love games like that, and those play well with my family. You know friends. what? If you get a copy of this game, this would be a great Ooh. RVR game. Why not? Yeah. Because yeah. it's bingo style. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's, that might be it, my friend. Yep. For we folks who don't know, it. Ruel and I, in addition to uh, getting together every week and filming the R&R show where we just talk about games we love, occasionally, very rarely, we get together to try to pummel each other into the dirt um, in the RVR show instead. This is something that gets unlocked when we hit certain subscription milestones on the Twitch show. We just hit one, so we were already starting to think about what do we want to play together in January. Oh, I'm thinking Savannah. It might be a time to make a trip to Savannah Park. Yeah, I, I think we're going to have to go visit Savannah Park. That's yeah, a good, yeah, great yeah. call. Yeah, let's do. Let's make that happen. Okay. All right. So, what's your oh. number two? My number two. Uh, let me update right now. My number two is a little mix of uh, old and new. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, it's a new game called Art Deco, but it's been out for a while under the name Promenade. Uh, this is from a, a very prolific designer here, well, back uh, at home in Southern California, Tate Wu. He's done a lot of uh, smaller games. This one, as when I played it as Promenade, was absolutely phenomenal it's a deck building game of um uh in the set in the art world so you are a art um collector you're collecting all these different paintings and it's a deck building game so what you're doing is you're playing paintings from your hand uh they have different values and what i really like about this game is the paintings that you play the certain type that you play there's different you know um uh, categories of uh, Mm -hmm. paintings that you may play those increase in value so the more you play, the more they're going to increase in value, which allows you to for buy every painting. Yes, for ah. everybody. So it's got this really, it's really neat. I, I, I don't think I've seen it in any other deck building game where those cards are being manipulated like that throughout the game. And as you increase your buying power, you can, you know, buy different pa- types of paintings. You have different goals. You know, there's different goals uh, for uh, in every game. They change it up. Like maybe you want nature paintings. Maybe you want impressionists or whatever. And what this new version does is mainly uh, it's a different art. So the original designer, Tate Wu, he's also an artist. So he actually did oh, all the art that. in the original version. Yes. But now what they've done is they've got this all-star lineup um, of designers. I think Heather Vaughn is one of them. Quan Chai Moria is one of them. Uh, even some of Tate's originals are still in the game. So you have all these different artists now with the different art. Um, gameplay is pretty much the same. I think they might have uh, changed a thing or two. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe on the player rate it'll say. But, oh, it, it's a fun game. And what, what's great about it, it's a really, really great experience for, like, 
under an hour. It still mm. it doesn't it doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, all the times I played as Promenade, um, all the times we played, we loved it. Uh, my uh, buddies and I, we were like, oh, this is going to be a game. And so I was super excited when Tate announced he had gotten picked up by Rio Grande because I I felt like this game deserved a big deserves a bigger audience. And now that it's out as Art Deco, it will get that bigger audience. That's why it's my number two game that I would buy right now. Art Deco from Tate. Well, you have definitely piqued my interest, especially because I actually have a copy of it in the very next room. And I honestly, I didn't know what to make of it. I played one game from Tate Wu many years ago. I don't remember the name of it. It was a, uh, it was a, uh, a social deduction game where you're trying to figure out, see, I can't remember the name of it, but it was really smart. Did it have like chickens or something like that? Or no, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe, Uh, but I mean, I was really impressed by that. So I've always been on the lookout for other games from him. And so when I saw this was coming and I contacted Rio Grande and said, yeah, we'll send you out one. We'd love to cover it. So you have, I mean, it was on my list of things to do, but it wasn't ranking very high. You have just pushed it up quite quite a bit higher for yeah, our deck it's it's a wonderful experience i think you're i think you're gonna enjoy it. uh deck building game all with that market manipulation uh for the cards oh so so good cool so that's my number two art deco from tate Wu. okay well so that was all kind right. of a nice mix uh it was a classic that's just been you know revamped so revamped, it was yep. cult of new and cult of old i'm going yeah. pure i'm ending uh as much as i said oh it's great that we talk about older stuff how about we talk about one of the newest hotnesses that's out right now that absolutely blew both me and jen away the first time we played it corrosion oh my gosh oh my gosh i think we talked about this on a previous episode because again it was something that was coming um on uh you know probably essen or something like that and i i'd ranked it very very high as a game i wanted to play and with good reason because it does not disappoint this game is so good so good it made my top 10 of the year i um while you were away i did a top 10 and um i forget i think maybe it was my number seven is that right something like there and it's brilliant. Here's here's the dealio. We are running um, Steam. It's, it's set in a kind of steampunk Victorian era type setting, but that's largely abstracted away. We're just running factories. What do we do with our factories? We make machines. What do the machines do? They generate points. That's all you need to know in terms of the story. But the import, the most important actor in this game is not the players. It's the passage of time itself, because every player has a little time wheel on their board. And when you get a new machine that you're going to start working on, so you can so that you can build this machine so that it will produce a lot of points or a lot of resources or it'll do game-changing effects. You put it on your board and you put it, like if I recall correctly, everything goes into the third slot of the wheel, which means once that wheel rotates three times, that machine better be built. Because if it's not, it the, the, the steam in the air will make it corrode away to rust. And by the same token, the number one resource you have in this game are these gears, cogs you use to actually build the machines. Your, your, their, your currency, and in this game, your currency will also rust away to nothing. If I make an awesome machine that gives me a lot of currency, I put that on the wheel, and in three rotations of the wheel, all those cogs will just they'll dust away like um, you know Avengers Infinity War, and you'll lose them. So you're constantly fighting against the passage of time because I got to get all this stuff done before the wheel turns and turns them all off. By the same same token, though, I want that wheel to turn. Because if my machine is built and ready to go, I need that wheel to get over there to activate the machine that I built and do all the stuff. So you are constantly on the knife's edge trying to get your stuff done in time, trying to get your resources spent before it corrodes away to nothing. And all of this is driven 
by deck building. This is a deck builder, like your previous one. Uh, you have a deck full of engineers. And by the way, as an aside, um, I think it's awesome that every engineer in this game is a woman. It's just nothing but uh, female engineers, oh. the entire deck. Uh, they never awesome. mention it. It's just the way it is, and I think that's awesome. I absolutely love it. So, But any, every time you play an engineer for, for her effect, and you know they're different. Some of them are, have really weak effects. Some of them have really powerful game-changing effects. You put them on the wheel as well. Because this is not a deck builder where you go through your deck and then you just reshuffle the discard pile and start drawing again. You put them on the board, and until that wheel rotates around to get to them, you can't reclaim. So, you do not want the wheel to rotate because you're afraid of losing all your stuff. But you desperately want the wheel to rotate so you can get your cards back and do all your stuff. And these two things create such a wonderful tension. This is an incredibly puzzly game. And there's one other thing. I mean, because there have been other games... You know, famously, uh, Zulk in the Mayan calendar that really make the passage of time a big part of gameplay. Um, you know, Gutenberg was another game that came out last year that does the same thing with its gear cogs, which is also awesome. But usually these games have the gears moving automatically. You have no control every round. They're just going to move forward and you're just racing against the clock. In this game, you control the gear. You can stay, no, I am stopping time. I'm going to try and buy myself two more rounds so I can get the last thing, so I can get this built. Because if it moves one more time, I lose everything. So you are the one who chooses to make. And now, if you run out of cards, because on your turn, you're either going to move the gear or you're going to play another engineer. If you use up all your engineers, well, then the, the time is moving forward whether you like it or not, and you better be ready for it. It's a brilliant, wonderful, puzzly oh. game. Um, really, I, you know, it is abstract, but still kind of evocative, that idea that, oh, all the steam in the air, you can just kind of feel it as it's just rusting everything away, and you're racing against the clock to use them before they're ruined. That's uh, my number one game that I would go out and pick up right now. Corrosion. Phew. This this almost made my list. It was oh right yeah, you there. saw it. Yeah, yeah. I I'm excited about this one. I remember. Yeah, I think it was the uh, Essen uh, list that we did where you talked about it, and you totally piqued my interest then. And just uh, hearing the description again, I'm like, I need to play this game. It, it sounds awesome. Okay. But, Cool. I love that little touch that you mentioned. I, did, I had no idea that it was all uh, women uh, representing yes. the game. I think that's a nice touch, and you know, let's see more of that, folks. Yeah, definitely. Why not? I mean, nobody would second-guess yeah. it if it was all men, so right. why should it be weird yeah. if it's all women? Let's do it. Yeah. Come on, board game industry. Well yeah. done. Uh, yeah. Right. So that was my number one, and uh, those are ten games that I think... I, I think that, that was a great list of games. Some good some yeah. old stuff, some great old stuff, some great new stuff, and... Mm -hmm. um, Maybe you found something to be interesting to you, and you might want to go check it out on Funding and Games, because if you're watching, you saw big savings on all of those games. And if you are lucky enough to uh, win the contest, you'll have $50 gift certificate to spend. Now, um, in closing, folks, did you, um, uh, did you find the word? The magic word was bat. Did you hear it? And uh, if so, what game was it said in? And, uh, you know, send that to uh, contest at rotto.com. And hopefully, a uh, week from today, or week from, or whatever, the, the 4th of February, you will be the winner. And maybe you'll be able to put that towards one of those games. I, I stand by all of them. I mean, like I said, I, I, I would have cast an Escance class at Star Realms because it just doesn't work for me. But as soon as you said the magic yeah. co-op word, yeah. you, got, you got me. You pulled me back yeah. in. I, I knew right there. That yep. was the that was the word right there. So yeah, folks, whatever game uh, one of us was talking about, we, we, we said the magic word, bat. Uh, type in the name of the game, uh, contest at rob.com. You will be entered to win that $50 yep. gift card from Fun Again Games. Details of that are bound in the show notes as well if you have any further questions. 
Yes. Okay, f- right. uh, uh, Ro, I am so happy to have you back. It was very, very yeah. sad to go without you last week, but um, we are done. Uh, it's the yeah. end of the year. Uh, next time we get together, it'll be a brand new year. Do you have any uh, closing words of wisdom for the folks out wow. there? Wow. Uh, so this was actually episode 21, I believe. Yes, correct? this is our 21st episode. So we are we are fully legal. We are we passed all the uh, the age requirements. Um, I, I just I, I, so Rel is basically saying he's going to go out and get drunk now. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Let's go have a cocktail now. Um, <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's been a fun night. I, we're not done, folks. We're going to continue in the new year. We have so much. I have such a great time with this. You know, again, you know what's funny? I, I got to share this story real quick. Michelle yeah. and I the other day we started listening to uh, um, Jacob Kohler because of the peppy music that you have in the intro. Mm-hmm. We found his YouTube channel, started listening to this. this guy's a wonderful piano. Oh my gosh, player. he's so good. He's a great composer yeah. and arranger. For yeah, folks who don't know, if yeah. you're watching this on YouTube, um, if you watch on Twitch the day before when we stream live, we have an eight-minute countdown waiting for people to show up so they can watch all of our behind-the-scenes shenanigans trying to put on the show, and we do other, all kinds of other things. And the intro music is from Jacob Kohler, who is my favorite piano player now. Uh, um, yeah. There's a link for him down in the show notes, too. I'll put that down there if people would like to go check out his YouTube channel because you'll be in for a treat. Just wonderful. Just endless amounts of wonderful music. Yeah. Yeah, he is wonderful. Uh, As far as words of wisdom, I don't have any except uh, I just want to remind folks, you know, be safe out there. uh, Be kind to each other. And uh, thank you all for your support. Um, I really appreciate where we're enjoying doing this show. We're going to enjoy doing it next year as well. So uh, thank you. And thank you, uh, Rado, my friend, um, for your patience as I'm on the mend and getting better. Yeah. you know, I, I love doing this show. It's always a pleasure to, um, you know, talk to you about games and, and so forth. And even though we don't argue too much, I, I like the fact that we can find things to argue about anyways, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I, I, it was great to have you. I'm looking forward to a new year. And here's to another 21 episodes. Um, yes. Although, in the meantime, folks, uh, again, if you go to twitch.com or switch.com slash Rotto Runs Through, uh, normally it's just every week we do this show. This Friday, the 31st of December, I will be getting on flying solo and doing a countdown of my most anticipated games for 2022. If you can't catch it live, that will go up live on January 1st, on New Year's Day. So you can look forward to that for me, I'm sure. Again, follow the links down in the show notes to Ruel. You can find, he's got a YouTube page where he's got an archive of all his old plays he's done with his wife and his daughter and his friends and all that. Um, but definitely subscribe to him on Twitch. You do not want to miss when he gets on in the evening and him and Michelle just start going at it. It's a blast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to you. Come on by, folks. Uh, we have a good time with it. And, um, you know, it's all about the games. We, we really enjoy it, and we enjoy connecting with you all out there as yeah. well. And, uh, again, be safe out there, especially with the new year coming up. You know, it gets a little crazy out there, but because we want to see you all in 2022 uh, for more board games and more here at Rotto Runs Through. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, um, then, I'm going to say thanks for watching, everybody. If anybody can figure out, show us that picture one more time. That weird, creepy picture. If anybody can figure out what that is, and you can post it down in the comments, much appreciated. But otherwise, I'm going to say thanks to everybody for watching. Thanks to Ruel for being the best co-host ever. And thanks to our sponsor, Fun Again Games. Uh, have a very nice day, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, Bye-bye. And we're out. Okay. Right. That was a fun list. Wow, there were some great games on that list. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely. I mean, again, we have no idea what each other is going to say. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever made a secret of my uh, disdain for Star Realms. I mean, yes. 
Yes. I was trying to be. I mean, I, is it a good game? I, it's just if it plays itself. If I feel like, oh, I won't do any better than if I just do what the obvious thing is every turn. I mean, it feels like it's playing Dominion with the all money strategy. Just hey, whatever color I've got, just buy more of that color, and you'll be fine. So here's the thing. I you know I I should really look at the game a little more closely because the uh, when I play it now, I've got a ton of expansions and stuff. Oh, so okay. You, yes, like, you said that during the yeah. show. Yeah, I am only yeah. judging it based on the base pack. The base game, yeah. yeah. Which is and designed still, to be really simple. Exactly, and I still stand by that. Like, the base game itself, I think, and especially with this new version, I think it's a wonderful way to introduce uh, deck building to uh, casual gamers. But, yeah, once uh, once you get the hang of it, yeah, it, it can sort of, like, it sort of plays itself. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, well, if, if, if that was really another argument... Yeah. If that was another argument, you just won. We don't even have to okay, go. I mean, that's a good point. No. You're right. I am not. I am judging it... For what it if, for what it's trying to do, and it does so well, I am yeah. I am holding that against it, and that's not fair. It does what yeah. it's supposed to do. It's just not what I want. So yeah, yeah. let's see. Yeah, while perfect. we were away, thank you, yeah, uh, uh, Gfan Seven, Steph, Fake uh, Fake Mister Rogers uh, for subscribing, and um, A Risings also subscribed while we were at it. And uh, yeah, we got some more followers. That's awesome. Apparently, we had another hype train, which I didn't even realize while it was going. Just that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Zen Banana cool. Slug, uh, they said that Art Deco is now available on BGA. So, folks, if you want to give Ooh. Art Deco a shot over there on Board Game Arena, you can play for free. Yeah. I, yeah, that okay. Savannah Park. That is the perfect game to play. I think we need to play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, um, yeah. I would if, love to get that. I'll, I'll actually contact the publisher if I can just send you a copy uh, so that we can mean, do a live stream of it. They'll probably say yes. That would yeah. be good. So that if they still got them in stock, fingers crossed. So, okay. Right. Well, we it's 144. How are you feeling, man? I know you are not 100%. Are you okay to go let's... for another 15? I mean, if you need it, I'm oh. sure it'll be fine. If you need to bail a little early and... Yeah, no, no. Let's, let's do another yeah. 15. I'm just uh, stretching my back out here as, as we talk. But um, I know uh, Amanda Panda is going to go live at 2. I'd love to raid Amanda. Let's okay, well, then, then, then we have no choice. We yeah, must, we we must no stick choice, it out. <laughs> and also, I really want to know what that painting is behind my head. So I have in the chat. <laughs> you never even thought about it before, right? You just completely ignored <laughs> yeah. it. But it's just, <laughs> like, did, did you not realize how you were framing yourself? It's like you did it on purpose. <laughs> I totally just, you know, again, I, 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 I am like that Joker meme. Do, do I look like a guy with a plan? No. I just, you know, set the camera up <laughs> there. I'm like, boom, there we are. But I, what I'm going to do, uh, I am going to take a photo of this. When we're done, I'll take an actual photo. I'm going to put on Twitter. I'm going to see if someone can... Uh, oh. Okay, yeah, <laughs> cool. Let's see here. Um, well, all right. Uh, oh, I see another trivia come in. Let's just, let's just do this one really quick because that's easy. All right, let's bring up the wheel. All right, if I've successfully brought that wheel up, and then I got to come over here and spin it. Did you take off one of the things? Oh, oh. I could, but that's kind of hard. Let's see. Oh, hold on. Okay. Actually, oh, maybe nice. I can from right here. Now that I think about it. Let's see. If I scroll here, I'm looking. I'm looking. Right, where are all the entries? Right, there we go. Yes, I'm going to kill a general entry. And now, okay. I did that. Did that just, did a general entry disappear? No, it didn't. It, How do I refresh looks- it? Uh, or is there a save somewhere on this screen? Oh, there's a save settings. All right, so I just saved it. Okay. And, awesome. okay, yes. Ah, uh, we're seeing more purple. All right, let's go. All right, here we go. I'll laugh if, land, if it lands on you again. <laughs> it will. <laughs> Okay, that worked. Well, it is time, uh, and I hope with all that lead-in, you are prepared to uh, tell us something interesting about yourself. I am going to share... Ronald, do you know how I learned to do math when I was a little kid? No. 
math. The what? Uh, was it okay? You're too old for new math, so I know it wasn't that. Oh yeah, we I don't I don't mess with new math. I don't even know what that is. I I'm afraid of new math. Yeah. Um, well, Let's get Michelle in here, and she can explain new math to all of us. Oh my! Yeah, she she would. She I'm sure told, she has something. She to knows say. all that stuff. I yeah. I do not any know of that. Anyways, my the way I learned to do math is the way that my mother taught me and my younger brothers uh, to do math is through playing cards. She had a deck of standard playing cards, and what she would do, I, I remember <gasps> as a little kid, she would lay down the ace, two, three, and she would say, "Ruel, if I have the two and the four, what does that add up to?" And I would literally count the pips on the cards. Until our six, oh. and then she would tell me, you know, a jack can be a ten, and so so. Not only was I learning math, I was also learning how to play poker at the same time when I was a wee, <laughs> a wee child here. That is <laughs> and awesome. She, and she did that for each of my brothers, and uh, it was uh, I think it was Destiny, where you know years later. Uh, What's funny is like we weren't all like we weren't great at math, but we all knew how to play poker. And we be the, um, before I got into the modern board games, my game night every Wednesday night at I think six p.m. until like midnight or two a.m. or wherever we late went up was a poker night with my uh, brothers, uh, friends, and so forth, family. So that was for many many years. I even over a decade, I would say that was our regular game night was uh, poker nights. So that's how I learned how to play math. That's your trivia, folks. Don't don't rule out a standard deck of playing cards to help you with math. I think it's a wonderful thing. I knew how to. I could do basic addition thanks to my mom and her playing cards. And there's your trivia, folks. Here on Rotto runs through. I love it. Okay, <laughs> I have just started a quick flash poll. You have one minute, folks. What do you want to see for us? Do you want us to end up with some Q and A? Do you want us to do some this or that? Or do you want us to do a top three? Because I've got requests for top three and a this or that. But we haven't done a Q and A forever. So oh, yeah, you don't have much yeah, time. Okay. Get that vote in yeah. fast. So far, our top three is yeah, winning with four votes. Top three? Okay. Uh, Q&A. Is, oh, Q&A is making a big push. We've got three to five. Oh, top three takes another. It's bumped oh, up to oh, eight. Vote. Vote. Yep. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I could have given you two minutes, but uh, like I said, it's a flash yeah. vote. Um, yeah, it's a flash vote. Oh, yep. Q&A is making a big push. A big push for questions oh, and answers. Yeah, people are, yeah, people are ju- all over that Q&A. People yeah. need to know. People have to have their questions <laughs> answered. And, so, oh, I, I think they're running away with it. Can top so, three so, so make a comeback? This- Game those questions in now in chat. So as uh, once this poll goes off, then we're ready to jump right into it. Yeah. So Q and A. Oh, this see. or that is making a, a comeback. Twenty three to thirty. Okay. Oh, and wow. Okay. Oh, that was close. Yep, that, that was, was close. close. All right. Okay. Sorry, I should have given you folks some warning, but thank you for weighing in. Um, <laughs> okay. Apparently, there's at least thirty three of you who have a question you would like answered. So start asking, and we will spend our last eleven minutes tr- doing our best to give you A's. Uh, if you can feed us some sweet, sweet cues, what yes. do you got? All right. Okay. And, while we're waiting, um, um, here's a here's a here's a simple, easy one. Hey, what uh, what didn't we talk about today on your list? Oh, what uh, what didn't we talk about on my list? Let me bring up the five that weren't that didn't make it for me. Yeah. Were um, let me pull up the document. Where's the document? There it is. Uh, my number ten through six, basically. Uh, Mental blocks mm. uh, from Panasaurus Games. Uh, very puzzly three uh, uh, D game. Uh, Clask, a dexterity game that's uh, basically like almost like air hockey. Uh, I also had Pastiche on there. This was another art um, theme game, a tile laying game. Uh, it's an older game uh, where you're matching up uh, tiles and uh, creating works of art. Um, my number seven was Corrosion, which you talked about. Yeah. And then my number six was Floriferous, um, a mm. small box game from Pencil First Games um, that, that I'm really interested in. 
All right. What about yours? Mine were, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, my number six was Iki, which I did. I covered okay. uh, back on Kickstarter, and it's got a very yes. nice deluxe reprint. Uh, so close. Uh, I'll be honest. One of the reasons I didn't put it on is because it was the only game I looked at that was not on sale. And it felt kind of weird to say, oh, you got to pay full price for this one. Um, okay. And so I, I did. I was, you know, when I'm making this list, I'm thinking in terms of, oh, what do I know is fun? I'm also trying to yeah. think of what can I introduce people to that they haven't heard of? Um, you know, like I did a pandemic, but I did a pandemic with a mode that nobody knows about, you know, that kind of thing. So Iki mm. probably would have made the list if it was on sale, but it wasn't. Or at least it wasn't when I was doing this last night. Oh, and then Terraforming okay. Mars Ares uh, Collector's Edition. Because yes, I didn't realize yes. this. I thought that was only ever going to be available for backers um, and that everybody else was just going to be stuck with the non-dual layer stuff but oh, apparently the collector's okay. edition is now available and you can buy it so I got to yep. dump my regular version and get a collector's edition that's me genuinely wanting to do that uh, yep. Crew Mission Deep Sea because it's so fantastic yes. uh, Rolling Realms uh, because it's so fantastic oh, yeah. we had a great time doing it plus yeah. I want to start I mean apparently uh, you can get a, uh, was it? I think the first promo pack, which is uh, Terra Mystica. I want to get that yes. too, uh, because yeah. I guess more of them are going to be coming. And then, oh, my number 10 would have been Fam uh, from Freedom and Freeze, uh, a okay. sadly overlooked game. I thought about putting right. it because I wanted to get more attention to it. But uh, yeah, so that was it. Okay, I'm sure we have some questions by now. We do have some questions. I um, want to thank uh, Traxios for subscribing with Prime, folks. Don't forget, if you're an so, uh, Amazon uh, Prime subscriber, you get one free Twitch uh, sub per month. Uh, Party on Dudes asks, question. Have you ever rage quit a board game? I'm glad you asked. Um, I have not. I have oh, wait, not no. either. I've I, never rage quit a game. I am actually going to say it's um. Uh, can I can I say uh, you know, rage quit assumes a ah, table flipping and all that. But what if I'm just so angry, not at the game, but at myself, and it's expressed sure. as a ah. Uh, Look, I'm just not having fun. Can we just... Is everybody okay if we just move on? I've, I, you know, you know, when I say everyone, I mean Jen. Because I'm just playing with her. And it's obvious yeah, she's yeah. one. I'm like, oh, I, I hate myself so much now. I'm so angry. Can we just stop? And she's like, oh, if you're not having fun, let's stop. So, yeah, that happens... That doesn't, uh, yeah, that happens kind of fairly commonly in our house, quite frankly. Okay. And it happens with Jen, too. I don't know what you'd call that. A self-rage yeah. quit, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a rage quit, but... <laughs> Maybe sort of like, let's call it, uh, I see the writing on the wall, quit. so it's all over, quit. That yep. type of thing. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Let's, okay. All right, so that's a good cool. one. That's a good one. Let me Great see question. here. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh, uh, quick question for me. Uh, did oh, yeah. I Have I tried the Anno 1800 solo campaign? Yes, I did. I got to play it months before it was released to the rest of the world. And in fact, I demonstrated it when I did my run-through for it. And it's fantastic. It's a real shame they didn't have it ready in time when it shipped because it should proudly say one to four or five on the box. It's great. If you're looking for a wonderful solo experience, you, you wouldn't know it by the box, but Anno 1800 definitely uh, delivers, I think. Nice. Okay, what, Ruel, asks uh, K Mercer 8, is your favorite coffee or beverage if you don't drink coffee? Yeah, I, I'm no longer a coffee drinker. I was back in the day, but now my favorite beverage of choice, folks, is Topo Chico. Mm -hmm. It's muy delicioso. Yes. Oh, did Topo they Chico. set that up? Did but, they know? But, I don't know. Someone, someone set me up, but thank you. I, I, it's funny, I have not, since I've been uh, feeling a little under the weather the last couple of weeks, I've not had a Topo Chico. So I feel like perhaps I need a Topo Chico to feel better. So. Um, did you know, by the way, did you know there's a shortage of Topo Chico right now? 
No, I did not. Oh my gosh, is it it, Topo Chico suffering from the worldwide shipping crisis and all that? uh, Funny enough, they are. Uh, They package all their um, uh, product in glass bottles, and the glass that they use apparently is on shipping containers, and they're slow to get over here, so they have not had the ability to uh, produce as much Topo Chico as needed because my local store does not have any Topo Chico right now. Oh no, so you're you're going with withdrawals. What does it taste like? It tastes like, um, imagine heaven in a bottle, my friend. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> is it fruity? What is it? Well, um, it's a carbonated like fruity water, drink? It's a mineral water. Um, mm-hmm. Mineral water. The one I prefer is, uh, they have a twist of lime. So think okay. of it almost like a Sprite, but not as sweet. Ugh. That sounds disgusting. Not your jam. Okay. To, uh, to answer uh, uh, Kay's question, uh, my favorite beverage is water. Straight. Tap. Yeah. Um, just yep. keep it simple. Just the agua. Um, if I can't have that, it's a really good, thick American-style milkshake. Oh, wow. Those one, two things are about the only things I drink. The what the? Wow. Yeah. What, what's your favorite type of milkshake? Do you have a favorite flavor? If it's done right, honestly, vanilla. But so often vanilla, vanilla is, uh, they don't really lean into the vanilla. So yeah, uh, probably more yeah. broadly, I mean, I, I probably more often than not, I end up getting like an Oreo. That's, okay. You can pretty okay. much get that anywhere. Although, oh my gosh, for a while, Red Robin had a fantastic salted caramel milkshake. It was Ooh. insanely good. Ooh. And actually, they, okay, yeah. we, we, once a month, Jen and I go to Red Robin as a special treat to ourselves. And you know, we're building okay. up for, you know, because there's a Red Robin not too far from us. So we go and that's kind of like our little date lunch that we do. And uh, in December, they had a very good gingerbread shake that was also excellent, but nowhere near as good as their salt. So I'm going to say the Red wow. Robin ca- malted caramel shake is the best beverage in the world. Number two, of course, would be water. Nice. You know, just going real quick on that uh, milkshake thing. So on the yeah. way here in Vegas, folks, from Southern California, you drive out to Vegas about three and a half hours from where I'm at. I'm at. There's a little town called Baker, and that's uh, real famous as a place to stop because there's a place called the Mad Greek Cafe. Right there in the middle of the desert, there's this Greek cafe. The food is decent. It's got Greek stuff. But for some reason, they have some of the best milkshakes wow. in the world. Like, like, that is not, not what I think. Yeah. And I like, have tried I to have... I've tried to have milkshakes in England and in Greece okay. and in Italy and in France and in Malta. They yeah. all do terribly. That's why I said, oh, I need a proper American milkshake. Yeah, and this is a proper American milkshake in the middle of the desert, Baker, California. Okay. Uh, fun fact about Baker, California, it has the world's tallest thermometer. You can see it from the freeway. Uh, as a random fact, um, I've been going there for years, and I always make a stop there to get the strawberry milkshake. It's the the thickness, the consistency is perfect. The fresh strawberries, uh, you would love it, my friend. So that's that's just all a right. random. All right, I, 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 that sounds very weird to me, but I, 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 next time <laughs> I'm there, maybe with you. I got to get down to LA. Yeah. We need to do something yes. in person together, and you need to take me for that because I love milkshake. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yeah, by the way, Traxios, thank you for subscribing. And yes. all right. Oh, uh, Fem Sensei asks, what mechanic in board games did you hate when you started, but now you love? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, go ahead and answer first. I, I, need I don't know. That's a, those are tough questions. Let me see oh, here. No, no, I'll go with one. Um, I'm still not the biggest fan of it, but yeah. I'm starting to come around on social deduction. Mm. Also, any kind of deduction game, especially social deduction, like you get like me, I'm not a werewolf guy. I'm not a mafia guy. Um, those type of games, coup, not really my jam. But deduction games like The Search for Planet X, I was super into. I thought that game really did that mechanism well. Um, but that's probably one that 
I hated before, and I'm starting to come around. I wouldn't say love, but I'm starting to come around on them. Those, yeah. uh, as far as mechanisms. What do I no, do? I don't. I, I, I could, I could very easily write a short novel or novella about um, things that I liked at first and grew to hate. Because I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> when I sit down and I try something new, I'm super excited about it. I love everything yeah. when I first get to try it, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, that's not as good the second time. Oh, that's terrible the third time. There was once upon a time. I liked Roll to Resolve. There was a time in my life when I liked Roll to Move. I liked Pick yeah. Up and Deliver. I liked all kinds of things. And over time, I just, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I mean, I am not, I'm not expanding. I am narrowing my horizons with every game I play, uh, just yeah. down to a Euro Diamond. So I don't think yeah. I have a good answer yeah. for that one, I'm afraid. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, the deeper you go into this hobby, you, you figure out what works for you best in your gaming part. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and plus, I just don't want to take time. I mean, uh, you know, and it's interesting, you, you said uh, social selection. I used to really be into it. And oh, another one, really? I used to really... The first few times we played escape room games, we were like, oh my god, this yeah. is so amazing! And we're like, oh, you yeah. can pay me to pay one now. Uh, um, <laughs> and I know, because people have offered to pay me to play uh, escape room games. And I'm like, ah, yeah. I think I'm going to pass. Yeah, um, not your jam. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Andrew Scott is asking, Ruel, will you be going to the Oyster Mart Pal Station Casino while you're in Vegas? Uh, <laughs> perhaps. Um, it's on the list. Uh, Andrew, I am um, probably going to go there. Maybe tomorrow. We we shall see. Are, did, 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 has it just been revealed? I mean, you go, are you going there to gamble? Uh, no, I'm not much of a gambler anymore. I Again, I used to play poker. I used to you know bet on sports, stuff like that. But now it's just I'm here to see family, hang out, and uh, play board games. And um, I may be able to be talked into a, a wager or two. We, we shall see. Um, I'm, you know, my brothers are in town as well, so... We get together. It's like, oh, maybe we'll, we'll... But, you know, the Lakers are horrible right now, so I can't bet on my favorite basketball team. <laughs> um, that's a whole different subject. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Okay, here? well, Tibby um, Blue, this might be a question for you because I don't know. Um, lock and Key, the comic book, versus Lock and Key, the Netflix show, I've seen neither. Somehow I feel like you do know them. Nope. All right. I, I don't. I, I know of them. I, I have not um, uh, consumed that content, unfortunately. Okay. Well, then, uh, Fake uh, Mr. Rogers says, what's your first real board game? And now I don't know how to how to um, interpret that. First, My first, first real game. board game was almost guaranteed to be the game of life uh, when I was yeah. I don't know maybe three or four, as I remember playing that a lot as a kid. My first yeah. what you would consider a modern board game? Well, I like to think of it as Pandemic, but maybe one would argue it was Magic the Gathering because I got hard oh, into Magic yeah. the Gathering back around um, Third Age, Fallen Empires, Ice Age, Third Edition time. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of like what you'd consider a real modern board game, except it's a card game. But, you know, it's, you play yeah. on a board, which is your table. So, probably one of those. What about you? Yeah. Um, mine, first real, real quote-unquote real board game back in the day, it was probably, uh, there was a game called, this game is Bonkers from Parker Brothers. Uh, my brothers and I, we had a copy of that, along with Risk. Monopoly and Yahtzee, but I remember Bonkers for some reason. That's the one. It was like a dice chucking, roll and move type game. Uh, and then for modern board games, um, the first one was Pandemic, uh, thanks to Will Wheaton on the tabletop. That was the the game that hooked me. There it is. There you go. Okay, so Pandemic. Uh, Matt Leacock has a lot of explaining to do, obviously. Right. <laughs> okay. Zen Banana Slug asks, um, "What is your favorite Star Trek episode or movie?" Now. I'm going to take movie out. Mine. That's too easy. I mean, because, oh. you know. All right, okay, Wrath you can Con, have a movie. Right? I'm going to go with an episode. Okay, Wrath of Khan for movie, right? Yeah, That's exactly. That's favorite. what I'm saying. It's so easy. Although. Oh, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Are we going to argue? Not right now. But I think we could. 
I think yeah. Movies? Really? Yeah, I yeah, I mean Wrath of Khan is not my favorite Star Trek movie. You're not gonna pick Wrath of Khan? No, I'm not. I wouldn't. And I'm not going to because I'm going to say movies because we now have an argument that we can put into you. I'll have to turn arguments back on and somebody will have to buy it. Um, Yeah, because it's not something that everybody disagrees with me about. And I'm sure I will lose, but I'll go down fighting. My favorite episode would either be Balance of Terror from the original series. That is the one where we were first introduced to the Romulans and it was basically like a long extended submarine episode where, you know, you couldn't see Emmy and they were doing like almost the equivalent of like old uh, submarine sonar battle of wits between Kirk and the captain who was played by Mark Leonard who would ultimately go on to play Spock's father, Sarek, and all that. Um, Balance of Terror is probably my, for the longest time would have been my favorite and it might still be, but in all honesty, as I've said more than once, I am so blown away by Star Trek Lower Decks and everything it does, how it, it captures an enti- everything I want out of Trek in a tight, tight 25 minutes with no fat, no mistakes, just perfect. And I don't remember the name of the episode, but I think it was the second to the last episode of the first season. It was the one where Mariner, uh, you know, there were subplots, but the main plot was Mariner coming to terms with, with really her demons on the holodeck. And it has to be one of the most amazing uses of the holodeck I have ever, ever seen in all of Star... Of course, holodeck... Holodeck did actually exist in the original series or in the cartoon. Uh, That's where it was introduced. But um, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. But that episode, that's when I knew... When I was watching that and I was just blown away, my jaw was just agape the entire 25 minutes. I can't believe this from a goofy little cartoon comedy Star Trek thing that they're doing this. That might supplant Balance of Terror. But I'd have to watch both of them side by side. Wow. Wow. Those Okay, those are some strong words. And here's the thing. I have not watched Lower Decks yet. Mm. Um, here's the important the thing about Lower Decks. Don't expect to go plus, in plus, just really? yucking it up. Um, you know, it's, uh, it is a comedy, but I almost never laugh at it. I laugh sometimes. I, yeah. I just appreciate it as a Trek show um, that does really good character work, does, um, you, know, uh, you, know, lots of, you know, lots of lore, I mean, lots of callbacks, lots of fan service, which I don't mind fan service. I love fan service. I'm a fan. Service mm-hmm. me. Um, but, I mean, you know, really good science fiction. And, uh, you know, there was a really good episode in the second season as well where they had to deal with an with a, with a interstellar minefield that they had to get through in a really amazing way. That is cooler than just about anything I've ever seen in any... What they did to get through that minefield was so incredible. And how they built drama out of it. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, Yeah, Lower Decks. um, It is my favorite Trek of all time, easily. Wow. I need to check it out. Uh, My favorite episode of all time, a pretty, pretty uh, popular one. City on the Edge of Forever from the uh, um, original series. uh, uh, I was was going to say, I I thought you were going to say Inner Light. Because everybody says Inner Light. But I forgot, you're my age. So... Interlight was fantastic. You know what's funny? I just rewatched Interlight recently. Uh, still holds up, but yeah, I, I'm an original Trek guy. And uh, oh, Kabuki Kid just pointed out, yeah, City on the Edge Forever. Yeah, uh, it's a Harlan, uh, Harlan L. Ellison um, written episode. So he was a very you know famous uh, sci-fi writer. And uh, what's funny is like he hated what start uh, what yeah, they did. What it ultimately did to it. Yeah. Yeah, but from what I understand, uh, he hated everything. You know, you can go online and read his original script. It has been released online. Yes, yes. Um, I I think it's a wonderful episode. It's got that, you know, the the, the whole thing. I mean, you know, uh, do you put love in front of uh, the history and changing history type thing? And yeah, just a cool episode. That's always fun. And I have a a very um, uh, big connection to it through my father. That was his favorite episode. And then he's the one that turned me on to Star Trek when I was a little kid. So, of course, I have. I actually have. Do you remember? I don't know if you see these. They have these little um, tele. I forget what they're called. Uh, they're like little graphic novels, but they're the graphics were actually the stills 
from the um, uh, show itself. Oh yeah, There's yeah, yeah. No, there's a yeah. That's novel. a that is a series of comic books that John Byrne, one of the uh, most well loved writers and uh, an artist in all of comicdom. You know, he yeah. he he revamped Superman. He revamped Fantastic yes. Four. Um, yeah, and he's the biggest Star Trek fan in the universe. So he had this mm-hmm. series where he just took stills, sometimes multiple stills, and photoshopped them together to create new stories uh, that were told oh, okay. with um, actual what looks like photographs, stills taken from the TV show. Oh, it's okay. really no, far no, out. I've read a few of I, them. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. But the one, okay, that's oh, you're thinking of something else. I, I, I was actually referring to they're actually called photo novels. Hmm. So they would take an episode of Star Trek, in this case, City of um, the. Oh, Forever, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a little, it's a little yeah. novel. It's the, the the actual stills, and then they have like the little bubbles with the uh, the dialogue in it. Um, so oh. my father gifted me like a set of six of these, and ah. one of them was Advantage Forever. So that's why that's my favorite. That's my connection to and it. And now you can but, sell them on eBay for three hundred a pop. Yes, folks, find me on eBay, and uh, they'll be yours for the low, low price. Of, I'm selling off my entire childhood right now. There you go. There you go. All right, because you got to get back to that casino that Andrew asked exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah, we have to make some real money, right? Yep. Okay, last question for Kabuki Kid, because she always asks, and I generally don't get a chance to answer, chicken update. Uh, the chicken update, yeah. Kabuki, is we, uh, we, we got either five or six new chicks a half a year ago. They're all grown up now. They've started laying eggs. They're doing great. They integrated beautifully with the old flock. And um, yeah, it's just, and uh, there's so much of them that we kind of annexed some of the, uh, we we live next to like a, a common park area. That like the, the the whole community we're in, everybody has access to this park, and we're right next to it, which is awesome because it's just so. Oh, we can just walk right out our door, and we have a forest um, that hikers can't come to unless they live in our little. You know, um, it's not a gated community. It's it's actually it's a mobile home park uh, that we live in, and uh, so Jen. After we, we realized, oh man, these full these chickens are huge. They're getting out and whatnot. She kind of just grabbled up like another ten feet. She did ask the. She said she went to the council and or whatever we call it and said, "Hey, can I do this?" And they said, "Fine." But there are some people in our neighborhood who are not happy seeing Jen's chicken um, fence encroaching on the public area. Oh no! So that's something new. And I think we'll stop right there. That um, because yeah. right, we are over our t- allotted time, and yeah. uh, that was a good Q and A. Sorry for everybody yeah, who asked. Great. Um, keep those questions in mind. Uh, bring them back next time, uh, next Tuesday, when we will be next here year. again. Bring them back next year, folks. Next year, yeah. Our next yeah. episode, and uh, we haven't done one for a month. At the beginning of every month, we try to do a Kickstarter one, so we'll be talking about all the new cool Kickstarters that are coming. And uh, so join us for Tuesday for that, and um, bring those questions. Or we yeah. can just make it the lower deck episode. You, you have a week to watch both seasons. It won't take that long. Oh, yeah. I think there's only 10 episodes, and they're like 20 minutes a pop. And is that on uh, Paramount Plus? Yes, it is. It I is on Paramount Plus. Okay, so yep, yep. I do have access. So I, I'm going to make that my mission this week. Sometime You don't have time. to do that if you don't want to. But <laughs> I, I probably I probably built it up way too much, quite frankly. But I mean, yeah. I, I can't. I mean, it just gets better and better and better. Um, well, it starts out being one thing and it just grows in front of you. Maybe that could be an argument. Like, why did Rado hype up uh, Lower Decks? And yeah, I will say, but I mean, yes, we have one. Um, you yeah. know, Wrath of Khan, thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, no, that's not it. I mean, obviously, thumbs up for Wrath of Khan, but it's just not my yeah. number one movie. Um, wow. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. That's okay, cool, cool, cool. One. If somebody requests it by spending their channel points, yep. which I don't worry, next week, that will be back on the list because we finally caught up with all our arguments, too. Oh, good. Phew. Good. Okay. Uh, right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for, um, you know, for going the distance. I've, you've, you've, yeah. Uh, yep. And, appreciate uh, thank you. Yeah, thanks to everyone for hanging out. And uh, you want to raid uh, Amanda Panda? She yes, let's is, do that. Oh, she must be live by now, right? Okay, hold yeah, on she, a second. She, she just went Where's live. Um, her handle is Panda the number eight N G E L. Panda, panda Angel. I, yeah, 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 Panda Angel. 
Panda ain't, ain't, ain't Joel. Uh, that's kind of hard to say. There she is. She's um, with, oh, it looks like they're doing a uh, roundtable discussion about stuff. Uh, oh, there's Ben. Um, and, uh, oh, and there's Amanda. And, okay, okay. cool, cool, cool. So, folks, awesome. uh, by all means, join the raid. Co- go say hi to Panda and, or Amanda and company. And if you do, you'll get a bunch more points you can spend on the channel to unlock that argument about Wrath of Khan. You want to do that, right? You totally need to. So, let's Khan. unpin that message and raid now. Khan! Khan! And we yeah, thanks. For, I, I, I did see that in the corner of my eye during the chat, and I, I totally forgot okay. about it. I'm glad you remember that. Okay, cool. so we're waiting right now. Perfect. 30? Awesome. Uh, yep. All right. Okay. Wow. We hosted a stream for 63 viewers, but then rated it with 43? Oh, does that mean she had 63? I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know. But but it's working. Okay. It's working. And, right. Yeah. Kabuki, is, is she... she uh, yep. yep. Uh, it's going. It's Everyone's going. There. All right. Cool. Then cool. we are done, sir. Okay, that was great. Thank you. It was, it was good to be back on, get up on the saddle again and ride into uh, another great show. <laughs> now you're it. putting Aerosmith songs in my head. I, yeah. Back in the saddle again. Nelson and Aerosmith. I don't know what's next. We'll see. <laughs> oh, and host so um, sad. Nobody got to see that because everybody went off on the raid. That's All right. right. I'll talk okay. to you later, man. Bye. All right, my friend. Take care. Bye bye.